Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Eric. Ward. Did you know that our podcast is powered by P? I'm just glad you're back into it. Yeah, yeah, we're back to it. You know, I was letting the haters get to me, and I just said the hell with it. Good. Good for you. Speaking of haters. Yeah. I have an apology to make. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, uh, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. Does it have something to do with the pig skin and the gridiron? It does. It's no secret that on this podcast, we've been hard on the IU football program because history has taught us that IU football leads to despair and depression. Like a full-blown century of history. (laughs) Yeah, and there have been moments of good, and the truth is when we were kids, Bill Mallory was the head coach, and there was some success. We beat Ohio State, I think, a couple years in a row. Mm -hmm. We went to bowl games somewhat regularly it's all relative yeah we won a couple of those bowl games i believe like we had some success but in our let's say teenage into college years and post it's just been miserable and before our childhood there was a lot of misery in the 60s there was a little success obviously but i mean you really have to look hard and long to find the bright spots in a century of Indiana football. But guess what? We just had one. There's a bright spot happening. And I want to apologize for my harshness towards the IU football program and towards Tom Allen because what they are doing this year is, by Indiana standards, special. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm glad yeah. you are so readily. Uh, jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope there's room. Because it's not like they're beating awesome teams yet. It's been no. a pretty soft schedule thus far. However, that alone, uh, a soft schedule d- would not indicate any number of victories first before. Exactly. We never would have won at Nebraska, no matter how mediocre Nebraska is. I believe it was the first time since 1959. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And and let's be honest, too. We should have beat Michigan State. Well, look, 
and this is what's great. Nebraska came to IU and beat us in basketball in Assembly yeah. Hall last year. So it was only fitting we go down there and beat them in football. That's so true. It is like the exact same thing happening. <laughs> it really Neither is. Neither program is where they historically want to be. But have new youngish coaches they're hoping will lead them back to where they were. Yes. So it felt real good. I watched every second of the game. And look, with all my critique of Indiana football, I watch all the games. I like I watch them, and it makes me angry. In the past, it has. Oh, see, that's where I've been at an apathetic place for a right. long time. I'm not going to say I'm not watching a game, and if it's competitive, and then we blow it, I don't still get irked. But it's it's really uh, an outlier if I let emotion come into Indiana football. Well, you're a better man than me. Well, uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm just a, a I'm more dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to the IU football program. It is unbelievable. I mean, this team's got a legitimate chance to win eight or nine games. Yeah, let's... let's Eight or nine. I mean, and that's... When was the last time? Like, the, the, ever? Eight or nine? Nine? What was that, I'm the betting, Rose Bowl year? No, I'm betting the Anthony Thompson teams. Uh, I don't know if Mallory ever won nine games. Somebody will, nine. Somebody, somebody will tell us. Tweet yeah. at us we don't have that. that research at yeah. our fingertips right we, now. We did research for something else today. Somebody well, look, else. Wait, before we get to that, another huge thing happened this weekend. Dawson. Dawson Garcia, official visit. If you follow our Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics, no vowels and hysterics, you know that we have been, how would you say, over the top on our obsession with trying to land Dawson Garcia. Borderline harassment. Yeah, we'll say that. Sure, <laughs> borderline. And I think many would say way over the borderline. But that's the thing. They could have just blocked you if they weren't enjoying it. They could have. you know, and, and everybody else who doesn't like it could just block us too. Yeah. So huge weekend visit. Uh, it seems like this thing's going to play out over the next few weeks. Uh, we could spend a whole other podcast talking about it, and maybe we'll wait to find out what happens with him before we talk about the importance of this recruitment. Because you and I had a nice long conversation last night. Right, but this is airing tomorrow, so this is one of those few times right. we're going to have an interview where what we talk about now is going to make it in, in a time-relevant manner to our listeners. It's true, but I'm saying... Let's wait to see if he commits or doesn't, and then we can really debate how important it was. But if he doesn't, we're not going to sit here and debate about it. No, I think we'll debate where the program is. Oh, God. Look at that. Look at that. Well, no, no. You're not even going to wait until we start playing some games before you start reassessing where the program's at? It's not not about where it's at. It's, It's how much leash does Archie have? Mm-hmm. I think is a good conversation to have. But like just a few like a yeah. couple of weeks ago you're like it's all headed in the right direction. It is headed in the right direction, but you you do part of being headed in the right direction is that you think you're going to land some recruitments, yeah. some big fish. That's fair. If you That's don't fair. land those things, it changes the trajectory. So what if Indiana loses their next football game? Are you are you jumping back off the bandwagon? <laughs> if they lose to Northwestern at home this year, that's bad. That's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. But I love being able to talk about IU football to say that's a bad loss. When has that been the case? Like, that's just fun to be able to say. Right. Usually with a loss in Indiana football, that's just called Saturday. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to wait on Dawson. Huge weekend. But you're right. We've got uh, something else planned today. And, and then the other thing real quick that we didn't talk about is the event. 
Well, the ev- oh. it's two things. There's so much happening. There's a lot going on. The first exhibition game is today, meaning the day that this podcast airs. Tuesday night. What is that on BTN Plus? Yes, BTN Plus. First exhibition game. First time we get to see our team against somebody else. Is everybody going to play? We don't know. Mm. All part of the excitement. So I am I, I am counting down the hours to watch this game. I can't wait to see our team play. Can't wait to see Trace and Armand. And can't wait to see if, you know, if Devontae and Rob are healthy, what this kind of new look team looks like. I want to see Joey in the post. I want to see Jerome Hunter play basketball. I, you know, he's sort of like the Yeti, the Loch Ness monster of Indiana basketball. We, we, we're pretty sure he exists, but until there's photographic evidence of him playing in a competitive game, we I'm, just don't know. Yeah, but it, it is. It, it will be fun. It will definitely be a step above uh, Hoosier hysteria or rumors of how we played against Marquette in a close practice. Absolutely. Uh, and yes, our event, our event is less than three weeks away. We're, we're I right. mean, we can't call it off now we're 19 days away i think (laughs) they'll be rioting in the streets of bloomington it's going to happen it's happening as of right now we're sold out yeah but i will say this we want to make sure every hoosier fan who can and wants to attend this thing as long as we can accommodate them is able to so if you have reserved tickets and you cannot use them get in touch with us there's i sent out a an email from the eventbrite uh website so you can respond to that and let us know if you can't come and then we put those tickets back on the market so that's happened for about 15 tickets now and all of them get gobbled up as of this moment which probably doesn't make sense because it's this is something that will air tomorrow but there's like three tickets available Mm. so uh just keep checking if you don't have tickets and you and you want to come every day a ticket or two might open up but it's going to be amazing. Follow us on Twitter for more news updates. But we got to get to this interview. Hysterics. Hysterics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Hysterics Nation, you know what we do here. We bring in super special guests. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking to an IU legend who hails from Silver Creek High School in Sellersburg, where he played for his father. Go Dragons. <laughs> we are speaking to an IU Hall of Famer. We're speaking to someone who was the co-captain in 1974 and 1975. We are talking to the leading scorer on what many consider the best college basketball team of all time, the 1975 Hoosiers, who were undefeated in the regular season, and had it not been for a freakish injury to Scott May, would have gone undefeated and won the national championship. We are talking to a first-team All-Big Ten member of 74-75, the Indiana MVP in 1974, and co-MVP in 1975, academic All-Big Ten, and academic All-American in both 74 and 75, ranked sixth in the IU books for field goal percentage for a career at 53.8%. We are talking to the very first recruit of Coach Robert Montgomery Knight. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to the legend, Steve Green. Hey. Happy to be here, fellas. <laughs> how did it hear? Uh, how did it feel hearing us walk through your uh, your accomplishments there? How, how about that? No, it's uh, <laughs> a, a, a bit weird. But uh, and by the way, hello to Hoosier Nation and the Hoosier hysterical fans out there. There are many of us all yes. across the nations, but uh, <laughs> certainly here in Indiana, where I'm, I'm now sitting. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you go back through that. That's that's you, you know it, it does point out to. Uh, 
the obvious fact that if you play on good teams, good things happen <laughs> individually. All right. How about that? How yeah. about that for, for being as close to being uh, humble as I can be? <laughs> I, before we get uh, going here, well, I, I was just going to say, do you listen to all those accolades, everything you accomplished and you're feeling good. And then you realize it's all led to this, you talking to us and being like, gee, maybe I should have. The culmination, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I, know there, I knew there had to be some reason that you go through all this. That Hey, where's the big payoff? I'm talking the big one. And yeah, this well, is it. well, that or, I mean, in everyone's life, there are high points and low points and there is the sure. highest of high and the lowest of low. So we may be setting the lowest of low for you. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll guarantee you that's not it. Because <laughs> neither of you guys are from Kentucky, so that's yeah, the lowest, the lowest. yes. Oh, you know how to get the fans on your side right from the start. There you go. All right. Yeah. So before we get started, I am a little uncomfortable with knowing what to call you because you are a doctor, Doctor Green. Should we call you right. Doc? Do people call you Doc? Is there a nickname we should use? What do we call you? Oh, now uh, you know, longstanding, and it, it, it is. It's it's kind of odd that I'll be introduced at some, uh, you know, sporting events as, as Dr. Steve Green. And I was like, no, 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 I'm Steve Green. Okay. So <laughs> most people know me as Steve Green. My, my, my patients knew me as uh, Dr. Green or Dr. Steve and, you know, and my, f- uh, family, friends, uh, teammates, Greeno, uh, that's, uh, you know, so it, Greeno or Steve, it, it yes. makes no difference to me. Greeno, you're, right? you're, you're okay if we call you Greeno. Oh, absolutely! Yes, absolutely. we're in. Yeah, that, yeah that's okay. nice. You're you're in now. You're in. You know, and that that goes back a ways. I, in fact, I when I had my uh, car that IU didn't buy for me when I when I played <laughs> there. Okay, keep that in mind. Not the one that Kentucky was yes. going to buy. That's another story. But oh, we'll, get we'll get to, to that. that. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. I I had uh, I had a license plate that just had a. Literally, I had somebody make a plastic plate that just had a green O. And it was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? I said, what, what is it? What does it look like to you? It says, looks like a green O. Oh, I get it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so there you go. All right. Well, so well Green O, before we start uh, going back through uh, your basketball life and your basketball journey and how it led to Indiana, tell everybody what you're doing now and uh, what keeps you busy. Well, sure, uh, and you, you mentioned already that uh, I did receive a, a doctorate in dental surgery, so that's that's also called a dentist, and that was in 1984. <laughs> and uh, so for 30 years, I was a general dentist, and uh, but through that, I also got interested in something that dentists are doing now, and this goes back about 13 or 14 years, and this is what I'm still doing, and that is I uh, uh, help folks that uh, have sleep issues uh snoring, sleep apnea, that kind of thing. And, and dentists have a place in that, uh, that, that medical community now, uh, where we can provide oral devices, uh, that are, uh, they're medical oral devices. They're covered by medical insurance, Medicare, that kind of thing. And then, uh, so I've done that for a while and then partnered with, uh, an, you know, another one of my favorite, uh, Hoosier players, Brian Evans, another number 34. And he is my partner. He's actually president of, uh, uh soon to be, uh, Aurora, sleep company uh we right now we're uh, you know i've been hoosier sleep solutions that's that's catchy but uh <laughs> got, the, got that hoosier in there uh, and then uh, so we're going to be purchased uh, here within the next uh six 60 days and be, you'll you'll know us uh regionally than nationally as aurora so there that's you go great. congratulations uh, well, thank you. We should also say that uh, your dental practice and your patients are part of the reason why we're doing this interview right now, because 
a listener of the podcast and a patient of yours was recently with you where he uh where he told you hey you should do that podcast Absolutely, and I'm going to I'll shout out Andrew W. Okay, so <laughs> Andrew's here. Yeah, he came in and he said, "I gosh, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and and I learned about Steve Downing and yada yada yada." And I go, uh, "I'm I think I'm I've been asked to be on that one." He goes, "Oh, great!" He said, "I but but I did like what he said." He said, "So I didn't know I didn't know some of this 1970s era." Uh, you know, stats and things, you know, what, what the teams did, who played, that kind of thing. Because he was, you know, probably, you know, mid-30s, late-30s. And so, uh, you know, big big IU fan, but I understood completely why you wouldn't wouldn't know about that. But uh, but he, he really appreciated it. He said, I'm, I'm just, you know, so I, I assume, Andrew, you're on, you're, you're listening right now. If not, then uh, you told me, you know, a big fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, we certainly are happy with how this worked out. We'll see if Greeno feels that way in an hour or yep. two. <laughs> there uh, you go. But Greeno, let's let's go back to the beginning. Growing up there in Sellersburg, how did you and the game of basketball find each other? Yeah, it, it, and it's it was pretty easy for me because my father uh, was a basketball coach, uh, and uh, he played on successful teams here in Indiana in high school, Madison uh, High School, and uh, his coach, Mr. Eddie, as everybody called him, went on to become coach at Purdue, of all places, but Ooh. my father, yeah, I know, Rough. but my father, yeah, it, it, Mr. Eddie is, he's, he's, you know, he's he's one of those Purdue alums that, uh, or, you know, well, he actually, Mr. Eddie played alongside another guy by the name of John Wooden at Purdue, so, you know, he's, he's pretty much Purdue through and through, but through that, through my father's uh, you know, playing in uh, in high school, and then he went on to play at Hanover. Uh, all three, you know, he played football, basketball, and ran track. And uh, but but through that, you know, became a high school basketball coach. Many uh, high school coaches of his age, uh, 52, 53 era, came from Hanover. It was kind of you know, it was his own little cradle of high school basketball coaches. Barney Scott, who. Uh, Actually, it was John Laskowski's father-in-law, uh, coached for years at Seymour, uh, other guys that uh, you may or may not have heard of. But uh, So there was a, you know, a big basketball influence. But I must admit, and my, my older brother and younger brother, I have one older, one younger, will, will admit that the key to our uh, not only interest in basketball, but our success in basketball goes to our mother, our six-foot-tall mother. Yes, thank, <laughs> so thanks, there you Mom. Go. Yeah, Mary Ann, who, by the way, it, it was interesting to always say, hey, where'd you get your basketball skill from? And I said, well, it wasn't from my dad, because when I said my dad played basketball and, you know, ran track, he didn't really run track. He, he was a shot putter, and he also shot the basketball like a shot putter. <laughs> so I, all I did was watch him teach others how to shoot. And I said, that's not the way. I So I, I read books on Oscar Robertson and how he shot the basketball and I, I learned that way so thank God uh, but my mother in high school actually was uh, th- there used to be something called the uh, the redheads the women it's a was a women's team and my mother being six foot tall they uh, they had actually tried to recruit her out of high school to play professionally uh, and she said but I'm not redheaded I said ah, don't worry about that well we got plenty of sponsors you know redhead die or something like this and we'll make you a redhead <laughs> but my mother actually had you know, the chance to be the first professional ball player in our family and not my father. So anyway, that's, that's how it was. But, but very honestly, when you're a kid and, you know, ask Steve Alford, ask, uh, you know, other coaches, sons, the Billy and Dave Shepard at Carmel, uh, 
you know, our fathers were, you know, that's what we did. We hung out at the basketball uh, gyms, you know. I mean, that wasn't on game nights only. We were there, and we, we helped my dad. I'd go on scouting trips with him, you know, when we'd scout other teams, you know, that were that, that Silver Creek. And this was at Silver Creek, as a matter of fact. Because, uh, 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 and, and, and again, I said that because I caught myself, my dad coached other places, but we he actually coached at Silver Creek twice. Once uh, we, we left when I was a fifth grader, and then we returned, when I say we, my brother and I, the whole family, but my really the, the players, my older brother and me, played for my dad at Silver Creek uh, when we returned the second time. And there are stories to tell about that. But nonetheless, it was a long answer. My dad, being around a basketball coach, being in Indiana, I mean, that's what we did. So you, that's how I got involved. And you grew up in uh, the 50s and 60s when the specter of Indiana basketball was all based in Branch McCracken. He was Indiana basketball at the time. He had won a couple championships, and you had great players and, and you know historical figures in IU lore. What did those figures mean to you as a kid growing up in Indiana? Yeah, I... Uh was uh, even though we were in southern Indiana, I was an Indiana fan for a couple reasons. And uh, one thing was that my aunt uh, was not only an IU graduate, but but she also uh, was a, a counselor at IU. And uh, my uncle was a professor in a school of education. So I had a kind of an IU, uh, uh, you know, bias early on because just listening to my aunt and uncle you know talk sure. about that but that's also you know we we followed them you know there was no espn there was nothing that we could follow so much so you, you kind of you know whatever was in the paper in the southern indiana paper but uh, you know we, we followed bloomington and of course you know iu'd won the championship in 53 and then you know you know so there was there was certainly uh, you know a lot of interest in IU basketball throughout uh, the whole state of Indiana. But uh, in the fifties and sixties, you know, that's, that, that's, I, I followed basketball, high school and college basketball, high school. I remember that my first uh, uh, real look at high school uh, championships followed the Ben Arsdales, you know, manual high schools in uh, Indianapolis and, and they were co-mister basketballs. And so guess where they went? IU. So that, that, that played into it too. So I was, I was pretty much good old IU guy, you know, even as an eight year old. Can you walk us through, uh, cause I think so many of our listeners think of Indiana basketball, starting with coach Knight. And obviously that's not the truth about the history of IU basketball. Can you tell us what was your perception of IU basketball under Branch McCracken? He did play a revolutionary style when he came to Indiana. What what was Indiana basketball to you when Coach McCracken was there and the Van Arsdales, all that? What Walt, was it? Walt Bellamy. Sure. Well, well I, I could tell you, you know, and uh, I, I think I, one of the things I did not mention was that, you know, as, a, as an eight-year-old, uh, uh, we, we, my father found, I said, Hey boys, talking to my older brother, RT and me he said, Hey, there's a basketball camp, a new basketball camp in Angola, Indiana at Lake James. And, and the IU basketball coach, Branch McCracken is, you know, is good. It, it's the IU basketball camp. Wow. And so, uh, but you gotta be nine years old to, to go. But I was an eighth grade, I mean, an eight year old tall enough to, Pass as nine year old, and I had a father who was a basketball coach. He said, "Hey, we're all in on this." You know, yes. kind of like hey, hey, this conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> Steve, you are now nine years old, you know, or whatever, you know, to get in. I go, 
I go, I'm in, you know, hey, just get me up to, to a basketball camp. Well, that's, that's where I really, you know, fell in love with the IU, not just the players, you know, but uh, excuse me, not just coach uh, McCracken, but all the players. And, and part of what we would do up there, you know, we got, well, we had all kinds of games and, you know, we were kids from all over from, you know, I got to meet kids from Ohio and, and, uh, and Michigan, but, uh, you know, a lot of, I, or not, a lot of Indiana players, I should say, Indiana, uh, not high school players at that time, but just, you know, kids like me, but then the, we would see game film, he, you know, every evening we'd watch an IU game film, you know, and branch would, would tell stories. And if you know Branch or if you've ever heard anybody talk about it and all the players that played for him know what I'm talking about when, when he's Branch would tell stories and he'd repeat himself, boys, boys, boys. And we just, <laughs> and he had that big baritone and we just loved this guy. I mean, I, I thought he was the best, you know, neatest character in the world. I just, all I wanted to do was please him. When I played ball, I wanted him to single me out and say, Hey kid, that was pretty good. And I just hung around and listened to him and tell his stories. Well, he would tell stories, tell stories of the bell on me. He'd tell stories of these guys that I didn't know about until then, but then we'd watch film. Jimmy rail for another one, you know, was, was one. And we got to see Jimmy rails two games where he scored 56 points, you know, and to your point about what what did I think IU basketball was? I thought IU basketball was right up my alley. Shoot, <laughs> let's shoot, man! Let's get that ball and outscore everybody. And I go, hell yes, man! I'm, I'm all about that. And so, so I, you know, I practice. I want to be a shooter. That's kind of where I went. You know, he sure wasn't up there preaching defense, <laughs> which was ironic. You know, which uh, well, you know you. Uh, even in a Bob Knight system, you can get by with uh, less than being a perfect defensive player if you don't miss any shots. So that's uh, that's kind of you know, as Brian and I talked, that's why we became such good shooters. Is hey, we had no other redeeming value. We better make everything we threw up there right. So anyway, you know, that's that's kind of a, you know our end to it. But but so I got to be around those guys, and then and then of course then the vans, you know, they, they, they got to, they'd come up and they'd sign autographs and you just got to be able to be around them. John McLaughlin, uh, you know, Tom Boyard, uh, Boyard, who's, you know, hung around uh, Bloomington for years and years and years, a good friend of Coach Knight's too. And, you know, got autographs and, and I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was going to be an, an IU basketball player and play for, for Branch McCracken. In fact, uh, uh Branch actually, uh, after he retired, he spoke at uh, my high school uh, banquet in I think it was 1970, right before he died. It wasn't too far after that that he passed away, but he he spoke, uh, you know, and it, and it was as a favor to the Green Boys, you know, because we had been you know his loyal campers, and I'd always kept in touch and and that kind of thing. Even then, when we weren't real sure, you know, he 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 was no longer coaching at IU and Lou had taken over Lou Watson had taken over. And, uh, you know, at that time, wasn't sure where I wanted to go, even though I still had my eye on Bloomington, it was, you know, it, it, I was just getting into the recruiting aspect of things and having some other choices, but, uh, but always wanted to be a, an IU player. Greeno, I have to say, this is really exceptional. We have not talked to somebody yet who, who knew Branch McCracken and, and we are now getting into truly uncharted territory as far as this podcast go is there something more about his brilliance as a basketball coach uh, that you could share with us uh, or who he was as a person that led to such success? Because Coach Knight, uh, we are the first to throw out there uh, that he was the greatest mind in college basketball of his time possibly ever. 
Uh, but he just has one more national title than Coach McCracken. But it's really hard to give Coach McCracken his due because there is just a lot less uh, firsthand knowledge and and uh, uh, viewership of what his teams did on the court. Could you give us a little more insight? Sure. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. And I, I often feel very, very uh, fortunate that I was able to kind of bridge between the two, obviously. And, uh, you know, because I, I truly loved coach McCracken and Mary Jo's wife. And, uh, in fact, after branch, uh, uh, passed away, I, and I was, in the, you know, after I graduated from Indiana was playing professionally, I spoke at the same, that same camp every year, uh, as, a, you know, not only a favorite of Mary Jo and her son, Dave and, and their family, but really because I had listened to so many players that had come up and talked and it was it was a thrill just to go back to the same place i mean uh, lake james and angola indiana and speak to to eight-year-olds like me uh so so branch was a was almost a you know bigger than life figure plus he was a big guy big deep voice uh he was a hoosier you know basketball player you know at uh, uh and i want to say gosh you know I'll, I'll butcher it up but uh uh but 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 near Bloomington, and uh, so he you know he played and 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 was a great player, and so I think he brought that to his coaching too. He knew what uh, what players and, and what they liked to do, and he, and he was a great recruiter, obviously, you know, to, to get the, the talent he did, and and um, you know, and and I also keep in mind too that I got to live a little bit more branch, uh, even later on when I played professionally for the Pacers, my coach was Slick Leonard and Slicko right. was, uh, you know, of course his, the, you know, uh, branches guard and, 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 you know, uh, talk about a guy that loved branch as, as a father figure, you know, cause Slick just didn't have that kind of home life, you know, in Terre Haute. But when he got to, to Bloomington branch, and Mary Jo were mother and father to to slick and, and taught him uh, so many more things about, you know, life than just basketball. Uh, so we, we had plenty of time to talk and he'd tell me stories and I, and, uh, we, we'd share stories, you know, and like, and I, I still remember branch telling stories about Walt Bellamy, you know, that, you know, in, in, in the old days and, you know, if you've got time here, this was one of my favorite was, you know, here, here's Branch up there telling all the kids that, you know, once again, boys, 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 let me tell you this story. And, you know, we, <laughs> all right, you got my attention. He goes, we're, you know, we traveled by train all the time. And, and I guess they had a, had a game and they, they were traveling by train and the, the next game was going to be against uh, Minnesota. So they're traveling up to Minneapolis, but, uh, you know, it was like two days beforehand and they got on the radio, they got the, the Minnesota game. Minnesota was playing somebody and that's who they were going to play in a couple of days. And, but the announcer, according to the branch now, this branch of story, you know, said the announcer didn't know who, you know, he didn't know the players from Minnesota. So all he kept saying was gophers, get the ball, gophers, pass the ball, gophers, score, gophers, this, <laughs> gophers, that, you know, you know, this is branch telling the story. Oh, go, is it, gophers, gophers, win. And, and Bellamy comes up to, to Branch, according to Branch, says, Coach, I don't know about you, but we got to stop that man, Gophers. You know, we got <laughs> to stop that man. <laughs> and Branch just laughed, you know. He said, yeah. And we did. We did, you know, because I had Walt Bellamy. That's why, that's why we stopped a lot of people. So, yeah, Walt. Walt, uh, you know, was you know, was one of he he loved Jimmy Rail and loved to talk about Jimmy all the time because Jimmy was his kind of player. You know, hey, shoot first, ask questions later. You know, get across <laughs> there and fire away. 
And, and so anyway, it, it, it was just, you know, and then it, that goes back to Everett Dean. I, I was, I got to, you know, Everett Dean was one of the, the, the first coaches, you know, he won the uh, NCAA championships uh, at, at uh, Stanford, right. but Everett was from Salem, Indiana. And, and, and even coach Knight, you know, uh, introduced me to, to Everett, but that, you know, so I, I, I just feel like, Gosh, I got to see the whole of IU basketball and got to know the people, the the, the really important guys and coaches throughout the years, uh, just because uh, just pure dumb luck. But it, uh, <laughs> what, you know, it, 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 all all of those uh, relationships wouldn't have been a damn thing to me if I had gone to Lexington, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> what, what any did anything stick with you about Coach Dean? No, just a, a gentle, a gentle band, and 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 certainly. Uh, you know, very, very complimentary of our teams in the seventies, you know, when he'd come around practice and, and, uh, but that, you know, that, that was pretty much it. And, and, and very honestly, well, you know, when you're 18 or 19 and here comes this, you know, older coach and yeah, yeah, you won in 39, you know, well, gosh, you know, yeah, yeah you know, that's, you know, that's so long ago. Yeah. That wasn't <laughs> even fact, basketball back then. Yeah, we yeah, played yeah, real basketball. Was it a peach basket, well, you guys? Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and I think, I think, I think ever, you know, oh yeah, peach basket. Sure. Yeah. I had one, but, uh, but you know, I, I can remember even laughing now years later that I, I used to think, well, slick Leonard, I mean, gee, slick, you, you played 20 years before me, you know, you know, what, what do you know about basketball? <laughs> then here I am like 40 years down the road, going down to Bloomington to go talking to, to, to the guys sometimes. And I'm like, I wonder what they're thinking. And I, and I go, I know what they're thinking. <laughs> Who is this old guy? You know, what, what do you mean you guys were good? Yeah, sure. I see some pictures and I hear some stories, but how good were you? I was like, oh, well, not bad. You I, know, so anyway, I was, I was told a story that I'm sure I'm butchering some of it, but I'll get the spirit of it. Right. That it might've been after the branches second, championship or some game that Indiana looked really good he's walking off the court and some gentleman kind of uh, confronts him and says uh, coach I just wanted to tell you you know the way you play the game of basketball I've never seen anything like it and uh, it's really incredible Uh, just I've never seen that style and I just wanted to come up to you and tell you how incredible I thought it was and coach McCracken said oh thank you very much thank you very much what's your name it was Dr. Charles Naismith's son. Yep. The inventor <laughs> that, of basketball's son yep. telling him that yes. he liked the way he played basketball. That, yep. that, yeah, absolutely. That and I'm sure Branch, you know, that wasn't lost on him. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, right. that, that's that's you know, those guys knew I mean that's they knew the, the you know the the inventor of it. So I I, I feel like that uh, just by knowing Branch uh, the way it did you know, kind of connected me to to a, a lot of years of IU basketball, let's put it that way. Well, and that's that's something we do try to do on the podcast is to bring the different eras of IU basketball together and for you to be able to reach back even to Coach Dean and, of course, now Coach McGrack, McCracken is, uh, you know, it's really special because I think you know, Eric and I are, are both around 40, so even – into the 70s mm-hmm. and and talking with you guys we learn a lot about that but still there's a fair amount uh of video you can look up on youtube or yep. uh our fathers can tell us about what was going on but when you start getting back into the 50s and certainly into the 30s it's harder to get those anecdotes and now sure. you know hopefully there's going to be a bunch of listeners out there who can then turn around and share these stories over a couple of drinks tonight or this weekend and it really helps preserve Indiana basketball's history and traditions by sharing them. So thank you. This is really cool. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, thanks for letting me talk about it because I, I do. 
do, we all have that tendency to forget, gosh, I did know, you know, Branch. I, you know, my gosh, he was, he was, a, you know, one of the reasons. I, and again, people would always say, well, gosh, yeah, you, you know, it's easy. It's always easy after the fact. So, well, of course you went to IU. Coach Knight was there. Well, I said, well, you know, I was in that, you know, that first class. And so a lot of, no, and this is no disrespect to coach, you know, and I, like I've told people, I, Coach Knight helped me live out my dream of playing at IU, and I'll, you know, I'll forever be grateful. And yet, the, one of the reasons I was in Bloomington, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to go there had to do with Branch McCracken. You know, it had to do with IU basketball history. It had to do with those guys, Slick and, and, uh, and, and all the guys that, uh, that, that came before me in the vans. And, and in fact, you know, even after I, you know, by, I remember my first, um, you know, and we may get into this a little bit, but my first year at IU, you know, was the last year of freshman eligibility, you know, being, right. you know, freshman being ineligible, you know, they had freshmen were eligible for a while. And then, you know, they went, went, went through a period where they weren't. And so mine was the last year. And then when, you know, Quinn, Scott and Bobby Wilkerson, those guys came in the next year that, you know, freshmen were eligible again, Jimmy Cruz. Uh, so, so freshman ineligible. So my second year was my first year on the varsity. Uh, and I, in one of the early games uh, afterwards, uh, uh, Mrs. Van Arsdale, who uh, who used to go to all the games and sit with uh, Coach Knight's first wife and uh, Nancy, and uh, came down to me uh, after one or two games. You know, I'd played. I can't remember when it was, but she just said, "Now, Steve, I want to tell you something. I've seen a lot of basketball in my day." And I go, "Yes, Mrs. Van Arsdale." And you know, you're you're a goddess to me. You know, you're, you're, you are the you're the mother of the Vans. You know that, don't you? <laughs> so that's, that's important to me. And she said, "Yeah, and I want to tell you something. When Coach Knight yells at you." Here's my suggestion: Don't look over at him. <laughs> she, she gave me the. She gave me, and you know what? Best advice I ever had for playing for coach was. She said, "You don't have to do that. You can just be on the other. You know, you can look around. Just don't look over because you. Every time he's, you, you, you know, so far, she said, when you do anything, you're looking over. You know, you're you're kind of telling him, "Hey, I just made a mistake. I know. You know, you're 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 running scared out there. Don't look at him." And man, I remember, you know. For the rest of my time, there were times that he was yelling at me, and I was looking up in assembly hall. I was looking to the left. I was—I mean, I heard him yelling at me, and I could have been, you know, taking a walk in the woods. I was not looking over, even as a senior. It's like, nope, nope, not looking over there. Somebody's gonna have to tap me on the shoulder. So, Mrs. Van Ars, so there, you know, you know, again, back to back to the vans, back to branches, uh, players. Tell us a little bit about what the Van Arsdales were like as players. What what did as a kid growing up and, and knowing them as players, oh. what, what did you love about their game? You, you know, it was the whole deal because a, a, you know, Mr. Basketballs in Indiana, are, are, you know, yes. are, are really revered and here they were called Mr. Basketballs at, at a time, you know, in 61 at, at manual. So, you know, I, I was, I was eight years old at that time. So very impressionable and just starting to, you know, anything basketball oriented in high school, my father being the coach, you know, I, watched that you know and and emulated those guys and you know the fact they were they were also one of the the, the proud moments for me is you know that that in the record books there's the, the Van Arsdales are two-time academic all-Americans and so am I you know <laughs> something I never I would have dreamed of but I, that's 
you know, that, that was part of their, their uh, allure was, you know, they were academically fine. You know, they were, they were, you know, good, hard players. They, you know, and of course that ear, their, their statistics are eerie, you know, mm-hmm. how, how much they, they both average the, you know, basically the same number of points, yes. same number of rebounds that, that goes on through, you know, their NBA careers. And so, yeah, they were just easy to look up to. And plus, they, you know, you, you play on a, a team with Brassford Craig, you get to shoot a lot. So I got to watch them shoot, you know, and John McLaughlin, these guys are firing it, you know, and it, and it just was was a great brand of basketball to watch. And, and interestingly enough, too, uh, in 71, when Coach, coach Knight was uh, named coach in April of 71, and in those days, you know, we, we were being recruited by – you know, we could be recruited right up to almost the last day. You know, we, there was none of this early signing, you know, right. this because we were milking it. I mean, <laughs> the, we, <laughs> we as recruits, we were milking it. The, the, you know, we got to go, you know, to 15 different places if we wanted to. We got to go out to dinner all the time. We, we you know, part of it was just, uh, hey, this is so much fun. You know, I'm not, I'm not committing early. That's for sure. <laughs> but, but Coach Knight gets in, and, you know, and Coach doesn't have, back in those days, you could have uh, former players call you know you could have all these guys and uh, he didn't have any former IU players of course now uh, you know Mike Krzyzewski called me you know and, I, I, and I'm going who you know, who's Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> yeah. how do you, you know? pronounce that name <laughs> how do you pronounce it and, 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 so you played for him at Army so what does that have to do with me going to going to Bloomington and shooting all the time what I, and I don't get it I don't, you, know, you know so you know so anyway, you know, I'm so, but I'm talking to the future Hall of Famer, you know, you know, Coach K, you know, and, and he had a, a couple guys, but he had one day I received a letter, and guess who it was from? Dick Van Arsdale, wow. and it was from the from the Phoenix Suns, and, it, and this was like uh, April, April May of '71, my senior year, and you know, it, you know, I don't think you know maybe maybe I did tell Coach, you know, about. Uh, you know, the Vans and what I thought of it. I don't know, but, but I think he was reaching out to people he knew he had played against, or at least known that might, you know, influence some recruits. Well, he, he picked a good one because here's, <laughs> here's Dick Van Arsdale. Not only that, I want to be a professional ball player someday. And it, it, you know, the letterhead is Phoenix Suns, you know, and I'm opening this up and I, and I'm reading this and I said, man, this is Dick to me, you know, Hey Steve, know who you are, you know, Hey, good to see you again, blah, blah, blah. You know, remember you from camp and all, you know, who knows, you know, yeah. What he was saying, but but he said he told me about hey I know Bob Knight I think that's something you ought to really really consider you know this you know blah 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 and and you know starting out a new program the whole deal and then I still remember Dick and this was part of the Vans allure to the guys like me too is. And the girls at Bloomington are fantastic. Yes! <laughs> he, 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 he played the girls' card, saying, yes! "You're gonna have." And he goes, "You're gonna have." You can almost see the smile. You're gonna have so much fun in Bloomington. Yeah. Sign me up, bud. I, I'm good. I'm good. Kept it's that so, letter. I, I gotta say though, that's so refreshing to hear because, you know, as fans and people who just follow this stuff from the outside, and you read about like, oh, the the coaches are sitting the player down to tell them what the player development plan is and how they're going to get, how they're going to use them in their offense. And are they going to face up or post up? That's all important, but so are, are the girls fantastic. <laughs> like it does matter for a 17 year old kid. 17. That's what he's talking to. He's yes. 17 years old. You know, and, and of course, then, then of course my official visit, uh, is little five weekend. I mean, like, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so nailed it. Oh, sign, <laughs> signed it up. I, right. Absolutely. Where, you know, how, how do I, you know, I'm not going to 
be coy about this. This is it. This is <laughs> no, it. No, wait, man. Greeno. I want to. I want to take a step back because this is so good. Yeah, yeah. But let's just go back for a second to your high school days. When sure. did you realize you don't just love basketball? You are excellent at basketball, and you have a legitimate, realistic chance to play high end Division One college basketball. When did that kind of happen for you? Yeah, it, it's interesting because you you know you have to separate the the dream from the reality right. and 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 as again as I I have to admit that I was I, I was young you know I graduated uh, and when I stepped foot on campus in Bloomington I was uh, seventeen wow so I you know and and when I was an eighth grader I remember at that time I was approached you know my father was a high school basketball coach not at Silver Creek he, I told you we we moved a little bit right. we were at Frankfurt Frankfurt Indiana and speaking of a history Frankfurt the hot dogs and, and all that goes with it there oh, oh yeah I but watched every, uh, I watched uh, blue case. chips get filmed there. blue chips yeah there you go blue chips and then Everett Case who went on to North Carolina State blah 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 there's there's a whole bunch of history there but as an eighth grader there I was approached not by my dad who was the high school coach but by a, another coach you know like the, like the freshman coach or something he said you know you, you and your dad ought to consider you holding back a year mm. so you can get you know you know get even stronger and better uh because you can you could hold back and you know but once you entered high school you couldn't do that and uh because he had done it you know and he was talking to me about that one day and my dad and I talked about it and uh I just didn't you know he said well it was kind of like, how much better do you want to be than these guys that you're playing against already? I mean, you know, and I was going, yeah, you know, you're right. I, I'm holding my own, but but I understand. I didn't understand the physical part of it, but right. uh, but certainly, I said, yeah, you know. So things were going pretty well. So I, I knew even as an eighth grader. I mean, I wasn't getting, you know, this. It's not like it is now. There was no AAU people. Sure. Remember, it, it was Damon Bailey that really put AAU on the map at Indiana to tell you the truth. So mm-hmm. there was nothing back then. We just played ball in the summer times and I, and I played on travel teams that we just made up, you know, Frankfurt had a travel team and we'd play Tipton or something and, you know, but it was just really unofficial. And then, uh, so had, had a good, and then as a freshman at Frankfurt, you weren't allowed to play on the varsity. Uh, my brother RT was a sophomore that played for Frankfurt and did real well. And I remember being there and said, "Hey, you just wait till next year, man. When I'm on, when I'm on here, we're not getting beat." You know that kind of attitude. Right. And so I, but so I knew that you know I, that that this was one thing I, that I could do pretty well. Uh, but then we moved. We moved back to Silver Creek. As a matter of fact, long story, and I'm not going to get into that. But we ended up going back to Silver Creek when I. So my sophomore year was my first varsity year of playing basketball. My older brother RT was a junior, and uh, and that year, and this gets to your point about you know when did you know that year we ended up uh, winning the the school's first regional championship in that you know it was one class basketball. We ended up in the semi-state in, uh, at Hinkle. Wow. And, uh, and who did you play there? Yeah, we played a, a, a team a, a team that upset us, as a matter of fact. This team, Indianapolis, Washington, upset us. They were the number one team in America. <laughs> yeah, they had some good players. A, a big upset, huh? <laughs> yeah, George McGinnis. Well, I always tell uh, Downing, you know, and McGinnis, I said, yeah, you guys upset us that, that <laughs> afternoon. And, or, 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 you know, but, you know, you were pretty good. Yeah, so it was McGinnis, Downing, uh, Wayne Pack, you know, and, uh, Jim, you know, th- that that's a legendary team. But, but anyway, but it was because – that here are the, the Southern Indiana group 
we get to Indianapolis, and of course, it, at that time, you know, we didn't have internet, we didn't have all these other kinds of things, didn't have a lot of TV until you got to that semi-state. So the, the Indianapolis writers saw me and saw my brother, and that, that, that just flipped a switch. You know, because now they saw, hey, this sophomore and this junior, mm-hmm. his brother came up and, you know, we had a, this good team. And so they, we started getting watched the next year uh, quite a bit. And start, that's when the letters started uh, to come in. And in those days we got, you know, it's always interesting now when people say, you know, Man, I've got 15 offers or whatever. You know, back in those days you got letters and offers. You know, if you didn't have over 100, you weren't a good player. You know, <laughs> if, you know it, was, it was really weird. You know, we were. Like, you know, I remember my first letters from Mars Hill College or something, you know, in North Carolina or whatever. But I looked at it and go, all right, hey, (laughs) so this is what it's all about. Yeah. And that was, you know, after that sophomore year. So it was, you know, exposure, you know, which still is important, obviously. But but it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, AAU exposure. It was, you know, still in the high school basketball uh, arena and and of course uh boy playing against, george had mcginnis had 39 <laughs> points and 25 boards and he and he was in foul trouble <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was unbelievable it was it it, it uh, was that the first time you saw him play uh firsthand when you yeah, played against yeah, him. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, that was his senior year. And so Southern Indiana, we, but we read about it and, and that's what we used to do. We, we'd read about people and, uh, you know, and th- this even goes back further to, to even Rick Mount, you know, we'd read the stories of Mount playing, you know, in the summertime and, and, and we would, we'd really kind of barnstorm, you know, when I got older, uh, uh we would go hunt down You know, I, I, I went and hunted down Rick Mount. I, I played on the Lebanon playgrounds wow. where I knew Mount was and you, you had to wait your turn, you know, to, to test yourself like gunslingers, you know? Yeah. And then, and then at Silver Creek, which is near Louisville, we would go over and play against the L players. You know, my brother and I would go over and when we thought, Hey, you know, we're, we're pretty good. Let's go test ourselves. <laughs> and then we would drive home and go, Oh my God, are we terrible? Cause these guys <laughs> would kick our butts. At first, yeah. you know, that's the key. <laughs> at first, right. and then it was like, hey, and that's how you tested yourself. It was really, really kind of cool. So, so you know, that's when I knew sophomore, junior year. I said, yeah, I, I think, I think we're going to get a chance to 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 do what I wanted to do, which was, you know, get an athletic scholarship and play basketball. And, you know, I wasn't as specific as I only want to go to IU at that time. Yeah. And and part of that too was, you know, there was the you know, Branch was no longer coaching. They I think IU won the Big Ten. They got a co-championship in '67, and then they kind of fell on you know not not doing real well. Right. To tell you the truth, and, sure. and, and, and until you know Lou Watson recruited McGinnis, recruited Downing. You know they they brought those guys in uh, after '69. So that would would have been in '69, '70 uh, would have been George and, and Steve's first year on campus. But they had this weird you know, academic rule back then that really was, was horrible. So they were ineligible as freshmen, right. To play because, because they were ineligible to even play on the freshman team, I should say, because oh, wow. freshmen still were ineligible. So there was, because you know, the, 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 the old story back then was the IU varsity team was the third best team on campus <laughs> because there was the freshman team who were eligible to be freshmen, Jerry Memorane and, you know, some of the other guy, Bootsy White from yeah. Hammond and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then 
George and Steve weren't eligible, so they had an intramural team. That was the number one team <laughs> on campus. That is great. The freshman team being number two, and then the IU varsity were like, yeah, I guess we are third best. <laughs> oh, yeah, John Ritter was on the freshman right. team. You know, yeah, so, they, you know, they, they oh, yeah, they, they loaded up, but they then they were all eligible then that next year. That's 70, 71. My senior year in high school was George and Steve's sophomore year. And that, right. that's when it was kind of, and, and, you know, Lou Watson was a coach and, and there was a lot more attention now to IU basketball from that standpoint. So that, that, that started to play back into it. Boy, I, I, I'd really like to play there, but I don't, I don't, you know, here's me thinking, I don't want to get there and I don't want to compete against George McGinnis for a starting job. Right. right. You know? So, but he signed, that, that summer, he you know he played one year. He averaged yep. thirty, and, and then the Pacers drafted him, uh, and, and that kind of like I said, well, that's that's good. And then, you know, coach came in to, to take over for Lou and Lou Watson, and then that uh, you know the rest is you know I don't know if you want to call it history or not, but the rest <laughs> is by history. Well, we're that way. we're going to dig into that before we get to you committing to play for Indiana and Coach Knight. Once the over 100 schools that sent you letters and offers whittled down to, I'm sure there were a few that you really were considering, who were those that came after you really hard that that, that kind of made your final grouping? Uh, well, I can just tell you it was, it was Kentucky okay. I, because Sellersburg is 10 minutes north of Louisville, right? right. And so there's a lot of Kentucky influence. Uh, and, and so I would – I would visit, and you could have a number of, of visits. And, and 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 the TV that I got, this is something that people don't remember because of, you know, there, there wasn't, again, you know, any ESPN, Fox, or any, any of those uh, sports programming. Uh, all I, I got fed Southeastern Conference basketball. Well, that wasn't a bad thing because I got to see Pistol Pete. You know, mm. I got to see Johnny Johnny Newman. You know, I got to see Johnny Rip. But I got to see uh, Kentucky, Dan Issel, and Mike Casey, and uh, you know th- these really great teams. And so I was, hey, you know, when when Kentucky starts calling you, you pay attention, right? right. So so that was uh, it was interesting that uh, them and, and then Vanderbilt was after me real heavy at that time, and. Uh, and they had a they had two or three players and, and a coach from uh, Indiana, so they were kind of my, you know, it was Indiana, it was uh, Kentucky, and it was Vanderbilt. And, and but very honestly, until Coach Knight came uh, in April, I was I was leaning heavy Kentucky, and if I didn't go to Kentucky, I was probably going to go to Vandy wow. at that time. Oh yeah, and. And uh, what was it like being recruited by Kentucky? Oh man, how dirty was it? Hey, here's the deal. You know, and I I could tell Adolph Rupp was still coach. Yes. Okay. So I got to on a recruiting trip. I remember he had this bad foot at that time. He had some kind of sepsis or I don't know what it was. So he was, I mean, you know, Joe B. Hall was the assistant coach that was in charge of my recruiting. And Joe B. took my, my dad, myself up to, you know, meet Adolf. Uh, first time I met him, he was in a hospital bed. You know, and and, uh, and wait, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait a minute. The first time you met Coach Rupp was in a hospital. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I went down <laughs> for a visit. You know, and they said, yeah, you got to meet. You know, and Adolf, hey, hey, kid. You know, and you know, when you're 16 or 17, you go, you know, you were just going. Yeah, I know it's Adolph Rupp, but still, he's he's kind of an old guy. He's creeping me out, you know. So I want to get, I want to go, I want to go to the, 
you know, you know, I, I want to go get a, con- you know, I, I want to get stuff. Right. <laughs> Let's face it, you know, yeah. when you're seven, you know, when you're being recruited by Kentucky, I want to. What are you giving me? You yeah. Know? So yes, yeah, sure enough, we went and hey, you, I got a bag full of you know, like uh, the Kentucky sweatshirts and stuff, you know, and all this kind of you know, kind of stuff that is a seven, sw- 16, can, year old a, kid a, loves. Wait, a bag full of sweatshirts is that a euphemism? Uh, well, yeah, no, 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 hey, the, 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 you know, my, again, my father being a basketball coach was always, always the, the contact person for all the coaches and, and he liked Joe B and Joe B Hall and, and the Kentucky people. And, and, but my mother, she did, she hated Adolf Rupp. She hated, <laughs> what, one of the things that coach Knight loved the most about my mother was the story that my dad and I go down to the game, and, and this this is where I was telling you, Adolf had this foot thing that went on for months, and he would come out, you know. So we're sitting first row, you know, and and uh, you know before before the game, and Adolf would always be the last one out, and they had this like a throne for his foot. They would put down, you know, on the <laughs> on the bench, right? Yeah. So here comes Adolf, and. And this is in the old Memorial Coliseum, and I, I think it would seat eleven thousand. Let's say, well, ten thousand nine hundred ninety-nine people are standing up, and there's one lady that will not stand up for Adolf Rupp, and that's my mother yeah. sitting between my dad and me. And I, we're going, Mom, you know, I'm getting recruited. She goes, I am not standing up for him. I don't like him. I, you know, it was like this. And, and, and again, we tell this story to Coach Knight later on. He goes, I love you, Marianne. And then he would tell this story for years afterwards. And, you know, when anytime I'm around, it's like, hey, let me tell you a story about Steve's mom. So, but anyway, so we were, so after that particular game, and, you know, I don't think anybody's going to get in trouble here, but. No, I think, because, okay. yeah, I think no we passed the statute of limitations. On yeah, this there one. we go. Okay. So I, so after the game, uh, it's my mom and my dad and me, and here comes Joe B, you know, Hey, how, you know, Oh, okay. Thanks for the us and everything, you know, got to head back to Sellersburg. And he goes, Hey, before you go, I, I want you, I want to introduce you to somebody. And Mr. Mrs. Green, uh, I want you to, to meet, uh, so-and-so, whoever he was, he was some big wig and, um, in Lexus and, and, and this this fellow will be Steve's sponsor when he comes down, you know, when he signs at I at Kentucky. This will, you know, and and what what we have here at Kentucky, the sponsors, that's a place where Steve will go, like if he, you know, if he can't get home for Thanksgiving, or he just wants to go study, or he just wants to, you know, blah blah blah, you know, he's kind of playing it up like, oh, this is great. He said it's a place where he'll park his car, you know, and stuff like this. <laughs> and, and I swear to God, just like you know, good comedian, my my dad being a straight man says. Well, you know, he kind of laughs at, well, Steve doesn't have a car, and Joe B. didn't even miss a beat where he'll park his car. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like... I go, and, and, of course, you know, I'm going, yeah, yeah. man. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. Like, I wanted to, right then and there, I wanted to start talking about what kind of car, <laughs> Joe B. And, and, and a Greeno yeah. nameplate for the license. <laughs> with a green, I, I'm ready for you. And, you know, my, my parents are like, oh, my gosh, we can't. You know, we can't do that, you know. And I was going, oh, yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're playing by Kentucky rules now. So, anyway, so we, we kind of knew that. And, and I, I had that corroborated. You know, I, I was – Sure. My, my, my big uh, rival in high school was a guy named Mike Flynn, who was Mr. Basketball in 71 from Jeffersonville. So, we played against each other in the summer times. And in Jeffersonville is like five minutes from Silver Creek. 
and uh, so he signed for with uh, Kentucky. Well, he was years later. We were roommates uh, on the Pacers, and I said, "Hey, man." Fess up, and he goes, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so everybody had a sponsor. Everybody had to, had to park their cars someplace. I said, well, "How'd you get a car?" And you know, he he would tell me, "So yeah, I, I had trouble getting the car I wanted." <laughs> you got a car, you know? Wow. Yeah. You go, well, yeah, yeah, we got a car, but it was all legal, and I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah all right, it's all, yeah, legal. All right. <laughs> it's all legal." But uh, but anyway, that's uh, you know, that's that's one of. Them. But but back to you know, so not only does Coach Knight come in. But Kentucky, you know, I haven't signed yet. And Kentucky signs the Indiana Mr. Basketball, that's Mike Flynn. The Ohio Mr. Basketball, Kevin Grevy, who went on, what, 13 years in the pros. Kevin was a great ball player. They signed Jimmy Dan Connor, who was the Mr. Basketball in 71 of Kentucky. They signed Bob Guyette, Mr. Basketball in Illinois. So they've signed four Mr. Basketballs, and I still haven't signed them. And they're still saying, hey, are you signing? And I'm going... It's looking worse for you guys because you keep signing <laughs> Mr. Basketballs. I'm thinking, where am I going to play? But then, more importantly, that's when Coach came into the scene and, and said, "Hey, uh, it, you know, his, his recruiting thing was he, you know, my mom and dad both, you know, said this guy shoots shoots it straight, and he basically said, hey, by the time you're a senior, and uh, you know, at IU, I, I I want to be in a position where we're competing for a national championship." By the time you're a senior, four years will build towards that goal. That's and no promise, no 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 promise like, hey, you're going to be the forward and this, the motion offense and all that. Nah, it was just, hey, that's that that's what that's what we're going for here. You know, in about a three or four year program. So walk us we through. Were, walk us through. I, I have so many questions about that because you're literally going from, look, we all hate him if you're a Hoosier fan, but you're going from Adolph Rupp, who has just a his resume is ridiculous i mean he's one of oh. the all-time greats to coach knight who i would venture to bet you didn't even know who he was until he was hired as coach of indiana yep. very few people knew he had no yep. no resume no national prominence no yep. history of getting guys to the nba or professional basketball so walk us through the first time you remember meeting coach knight and what your initial impression of him was yeah, and it's a great point, guys, because uh, my brother, like I told you, RT, who played ball at Indiana State, so he was a Division One player, but, you know, just he, he was getting offers from, like, Army, Navy. So he, he was the first one in our family. He got a, a letter from Army. Oh. And I remember I remember when I'm, you know, so my brother's a senior. He hasn't signed yet, and he's talking about going to Navy or getting, you know, or going to Army, and I'm laughing at him. Guy, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then not only that, I go, who would want to play for that guy at Army? I heard he's crazy. <laughs> like, I did, you know. And all he does is play defense. And not only that, I had watched. You know, this this really tells my age. When Rick Mount was a freshman, remember I told you, you know, we we all were gunslingers, right? But Rick Mount was a freshman at Purdue, and freshmen weren't eligible. And Mackey Mackey Arena wasn't hadn't been built yet. So in the old, you know, because that was his his sophomore year was first year of Mackey. So they played in the old place up at Purdue. Well, uh, Mount's freshman games would be sold out. Well, my dad and I went up to see Mount play. You know, we got in, we got tickets, so we we got to see Rick Mount play. And so the game's over, you know, and everybody's leaving. But there's a varsity game afterwards. Purdue's playing of all people playing Army. That's oh. the first time I saw Bob Knight on the bench, and he had a 
a kid that played for the Olympic team, Silliman, Mike Silliman. But, you know, at, at that time, Army couldn't take anybody over 6'5 or 6'6. Right. You know, it's, it, it had some kind of rules. And, and my older brother, Archie, was 6'6, you know, and I was 6'7. So thank God I said, well, you know, I can't go there. That's another reason I'm not going to Army besides, you know, not wanting to play defense. But here I am. I'm, I'm seeing my future coach, but I'm looking going, God, glad I don't play for Army. I, I want to play like Rick Mount just did. You know, he shot every time he had his hands on the ball. And it, that's cool. You know, so <laughs> years later, here I am. My dad t- – you know, we, we know that the, you know, IU signs the, the, the new coach and coach Knight tells the story. He's coach Knight started because, you know, he had to, you know, he had to start getting a recruiting class, but fortunately everybody had not signed necessarily by the time he became the head coach, but you know, everybody was leaning. And so he went, you know, his strategy, I'm going to start at the, the you know, the, the very northernmost part of Indiana and work my way down to all the, the recruits, you know, wow. that haven't signed. I'm going to talk to these guys, John Garrett at Purdue, you know, who went on to Purdue, but he's from Peru. Oh, you yes. Know, and got, you know, oh, guys, this is, you know. this is where the Peru guy, meaning me has to step in and be like, all right, we got a shout out. <laughs> oh yeah. They're, oh yeah. Johnny, Johnny G man. He, he's my butt. You know, people yeah. think I, you and basketball, I, you and Purdue basketball players could be buddies, but yeah, John, John and I, have had great fun through the years, but he was, and he was on the Indiana all-star team with me. That's the first time I met uh, Garrett. Well, there, there, there's some shame for me because Garrett went to Purdue and then Kyle Macy went to Kentucky. So I'm just hoping a kid comes along that goes to IU soon and makes a difference. (laughs) Me too. Redeems, redeems our poor city. Exactly. You know, but but what's a, a, well, you know, Garrett had the place, you know, the last time I saw Garrett, he was flipping, a steak at his bar at Mentone Sports Bar, the, the Mentone Mafia. Where's Mentone? Mentone's outside of Warsaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, he's still yeah, in so, the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He, oh, John played overseas for a good while, but never played in the uh, in the NBA. But he played like ten or twelve years in France, and you know, and then came back, bought a little sports bar, and just. Uh, flip steaks for That's people, great. you know, he, he's a good guy, no, really good guy. So, uh, but anyway, coach is going all the way down in the last two people he sees on, on this whole statewide recruiting or Mike Flynn and myself. And, uh, so one day my dad gets me out of study hall, which was not unusual for when coach, cause coaches would just stop by, you know, sure. my, my dad said, Hey, Hey, you know, going to get you out and of course i'm going like absolutely any reason no, i don't care what it is i don't care who it is you know and on the way he goes listen i've, I've just sat and talked to the new coach of iu for about an hour and i go that's not like my dad you know spend an hour talking and, and, and my dad looks me straight in the eye and he goes steve i want you to go in and i want you to listen to this man and I looked at my dad and I go, listen, to, you've never told me to listen to, you know, he just always said, hey, if so-and-so's here, you know, spend some time with it. But he literally looked at me like, I think you want to listen to this guy. It, I don't, it was the weirdest thing and the, the, the best thing that ever happened to me. But it was just one of those, like my dad knew. And, and now, now keep in mind, my dad and Coach Knight became great friends. And I think one of the things that, that joined them was their, their, they both thought I was, not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> they, they, they both were convinced, you know, and coach, you know, 
and my dad, well, there, there's more to the story, you know, when my dad passed away and coach was there, but, but, but nonetheless, they used to, to argue over who, who thought I was more worthless. But anyway, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I didn't know this. Thank God, you know, I, I, I would have had a complex or, you know, instead I thought, Hey, I'm pretty good. You know, I think I am. But and I think those guys think I am too, and I was wrong. But anyway, so I go in, I listen to him, and that's when he kind of laid things out. And and I don't know, it was just like, yeah, that's that's good. And that still didn't hit me. And and I and I even went even when I went up for, for my official visit, and, and it's interesting. Coach Knight told me, he says, you know, Steve, he said, you know who Fred Taylor's first recruit was at India or at Ohio State? And I go, no, no, Jerry Lucas. And I go, and I knew who Jerry Lucas was, and I knew, you know, how what a big deal that was. And he and he said, and I'd sure like you to be the first recruit here. And you know, and I'm 17. I'm going, you know, and, and of course you're thinking to yourself, well, I bet you do, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I bet you I, want me. I'm I, I, me, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get that, you know. But now as a 66 year old, I go, oh man, I, I. What he was really saying is, hey, that's. I'm going to take this really seriously. You know, I, I, I hope you hope you are the kind of person that, that, you know, that Lucas was to Ohio State in some fashion. So anyway, and I, and I was up at the, at, at the Memorial Union. I remember, you know, you know, having those conversations with him. And uh, but then one day, you know, then, you know, I still hadn't decided. And, uh, you know, that 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 pull from Kentucky was still there. And but wait, like, wait, before you before you uh, get to that, in the decision process, that first. Time, yeah. So you meet with him. You get pulled oh, yeah. out of school. You meet with him. Yep. What What was your take on him? I mean, again, he's a young oh, no. guy at this point. You thought he was oh, crazy yeah. before that meeting. Oh. What was your takeaway? He's, he's thirty years old, and I'm seventeen. You know, and so, he, and that's when he lays out, "Hey, over the four years, here's what right. we're going to do, and, and you know, we're going to need this. For, you know, here's how I I see Indiana. Here's what we're going to do, and I want to and I want to recruit uh, from three states: Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, which he did for years." Uh, he said, that's, you know, I know there's enough talent in the Midwest that we can be competing for a national championship. And, and you know what, no one had told me about that, you know, about building a program. No one had told me about, you know, building it towards a national championship. And of course here, this is a guy who played on a national championship team and was in the finals, you know, the other two years. So he knew about that. And, and, and I was just learning, you know, Hey, this is a serious guy, but you know, not intimidating at all. It was just, you know, a coach, but a young coach that wants to build something at a place that, you know, I already told you that I wanted to go anyway. Right. You know, I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to make sure, is it the right place for me? And to back up in George and, and Steve Downing's uh, in 71, the reason they made a change, you know, they, they let Lou Watson go and they, they hired coach that was had to do with, you know, discipline because at that time, and this wasn't unique to Indiana or, or uh, IU, but there was a lot of campus unrest for a variety of reasons, Vietnam War, but, but also race relations. And, you know, here we are in, in you know, 2019, we, we can have conversations yet about that. But right. at that time, there were black and white boycotts. And the, the African-American members of the team in, 60, in 71, before they played Ohio State at Ohio State, George and Steve, and I, you know, they, they can tell you that, you know, and all the Bootsy, Bubbles, you know, Joby, all these guys, they, they, they were not going to play. And, you know, and there was a boycott. And so that was part of the reason that they had to make a change or they, you know, Bill Orwig, the athletic director, 
brought Coach Knight in and, and interviewed him and asked him about those situations. What would you do, you know? And, you know, of course, I think Coach was like, I don't care what color people are. So I'm going to treat them the same way, which was true. I mean, he didn't care. <laughs> we didn't know it was, hey, I'm not going to treat them nice. I'm just going to treat them the same, <laughs> you know? So anyway, so 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 that was kind of the, the, the backdrop there to, to even Coach – coming in you know at that time so uh, so anyway i, I don't know what you know I, I, no, I got off the tangent. so then i think you you were uh where you were at was you were going up for an official visit and and i guess oh, yeah, if yeah. you want to just take us through the commitment and, I, and yeah. I believe going way back in our conversation little five was involved too so this oh is... yeah little five you know because you know I, I, the girls I, and, I, and the girls yeah and i stayed with frank wilson who was a sophomore at that time on the team so he was two years it would have been yeah he, he was sophomore as uh, senior and he was you know on the basketball team and have sigma new house you know so that's not too wild on a little five <laughs> weekend I, I don't i don't suppose you know so it was all like whoa is this fun you know and then, then i had to sit through bob hope as the little five you know uh you know that was a special guest for wow. little five Whoa. i know it's like Ugh, you know so i'm going oh my god that was about the only thing like well this is a little iffy but anyway <laughs> uh, but so so even after that i you know I, I didn't sign on the spot but i leave from that and i i run track uh you know and really i was i ran track because my dad said you know this is a great way to improve yourself for basketball it ran the hurdles the whole deal and one day I, I was running, you know, because this was the pressure was starting to build. I, I didn't want to screw up. I, and I, I was running, you know, he, he had me running, uh, you know, f- what, four forties back then, you know, not four, 40 yards, you know, one lap around sprinting as hard as you can. And, and I remember stopping on the back stretch, and I just, I'd had enough. I mean, I, I literally stopped in my tracks and started crying. And my dad, fortunately, again, my dad was my basketball coach, but he was also my track coach. He was, you know, he was more than just my dad. He was an athlete, a former athlete, though. He, he kind of, and he said, son, what's, what's going on? I go, hey, dad, this, I, I just, I, you know, I, the decision, he said, it's the pressure. He goes, well, what do you want to do? And I go, I want to go to Indiana so bad. He goes, then you're, you've decided. I go, you know what? You're right. That's where I want to go. And, you know, and, and the, the unknown in it was I, we didn't know coach Knight as we all know him now. That was, that was an unknown. I mean, I, I, I didn't know, but I said, that's where I want to go. And, and so we, he said, let's tell him, you know, so it was soon thereafter. That's when it was official. Did you ever, did you ever think about, listen, I I really want to go to Indiana, but dad, do you think we can ask him for a car? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey. Now we're going to jump ahead here, but, but so I don't forget this story. I did ask Coach Knight for what? I know, I swear to God. After my son, hey, I went up there, and and you know, freshmen weren't eligible for varsity. Okay, so we're jumping ahead here, everybody. You no, know, I got to hear this, okay. please. Okay, you got to hear the story because I'll forget because I'm old. Uh, you know, and we won't get this one, but. But I, I mean, I tore it up by, you know, I, I averaged about 24 or 25 on the freshman team, right? And I'm, and I'm playing like I play, you know, and, and, and we were his boys, you know, his first recruiting class, but still we got to, you know, play, you know, you know, you know, we, we, we were learning defense, but we knew offense, right? Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I think I'm a pretty big stud, you know, as a freshman, I haven't done one, one ounce of, of varsity play yet. So uh, after the season, I go in to Coach Knight, <laughs> and I say he's he's in his office. He's reading the Bloomington paper, and I say, Coach, Coach, uh, 
look, you know, so it's about summertime and I, I'm going to get, you know, job and everything. I, I was wondering where, where should I, I want a car <laughs> and wh- wh- where should I, where do you think I should go here in Bloomington? I'm fishing. You right, know I'm fishing. Right, right, right. It's so obvious. I didn't think I was, but I was going, where here do we, might be the best deal. Hypothetically. He got his car from Royal Chevrolet. I think, you know, he, well, of course he was a head coach. Of course right. he got a car in a promotion. He literally takes the Bloomington paper, folds it, and throws it at me <laughs> and says, look in there. There may be a car for sale in there. And I picked up the paper, and I, I swear to God, looked at him. I go, yeah, 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 that's, thanks, thanks. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all I was asking. I, I, just, I just needed, you know, just needed to look for a used car. And sure enough, I end up buying a car for 150 <laughs> by own money Aww. right but oh oh i asked though man i, I thought you know what I'm, I'm in pretty good position here i'm yeah. his first recruit and i had a good freshman year i'll probably get something yeah i got the bloomington paper thrown in my face well, there's your car big boy well let's let's talk about your your freshman can, class can i ask one question more about the official sure. visit because yeah. something else remarkable is happening uh on Indiana's campus, which is Assembly Hall is being constructed. Assembly yep. Hall is basic on your official visit. I'm assuming it's almost done because your freshman oh. year is the first year that it's played yep. in, and you're obviously not playing. But do, I, actually, were your freshman games played in Assembly Hall? Yeah. Okay. Yep. But, so, what but, was it like walking into Assembly Hall, like seeing this oh, massive thing being constructed? Oh, oh being constructed. Hard hat. You know, still we were. You know, at that time, uh, April, May, it was still hard hat time. Right. And and I, I just saw a picture. I swear to God, within the last couple of weeks, I don't know where it came from, but it showed, you know, when it was still being built. But it, it, still, it had the seats, and we were looking up, and we were walking through, and it was, I mean, it was impressive. Like, wow, this is... This is how you had to play basketball in a cathedral like this. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was not finished. And even that fall, we started practicing in the old uh, gymnasium where, where, the you know, why you used to play. The field house, so right? That, the field house, yeah, yeah, where the track, you know, track is now. And so that's where our, our practices were. And, and, again, here's another, you know, story that, you know, old guys tell. But I, I, I was just talking to my brother about this the other day that, so we finally get this now. Finally, I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks of practice. So it's finally the first day we're going to have practice in Assembly Hall. I'm going to practice, you know, like everybody else on the team. You know, even though I'm a freshman, we're all going to practice in Assembly Hall. First official practice. And I'm getting, I'm literally getting dressed to go out to the first practice. And Coach Knight comes in with a solemn look on my face, on his face, and he goes, "Stop." And I go, oh, no, what, what? And, I go, and he goes, I got some bad news. And I said, what, coach? He said, I just got, you know, your father just called and your, uh, your grandma uh, was killed in an automobile accident. Oh, and you got to go, you got, you got to go home. And I looked at him and I said, not, not now. <laughs> I did. I said, not now. And he looked at me like he was going to kick my ass. I mean, he said, your grandmother just died and you're going home because your dad wants you home. I want you home. I said, but this is the first day of practice at Assembly Hall. He, he looked at me like I could give to, you know, as only he can. But that's the kind of guy he was. 
he sent me, and I go, I was crying, not for my grandma, and I loved her and everything, but I mean, you know, hey, this is assembly hall first. I missed the first freaking practice. Wow. Not only that, so I drive down, you know, I mean, so to be with the family, and, and the next day at the show, and this is in Madison, Indiana, it's a, you know, two-hour drive, who shows up? Coach Knight mm, shows up wow. to the viewing. I mean, and, and you talk about my dad having a, a bond with that guy. It was unbreakable from that point forward. If you're, and he and I had three grandparents pass away. You know, three of the four pass away during my time at IU, mm. and he was at all three, uh, either a viewing or the funeral cell. I mean wow. that that was our, our family with with Coach that I I underappreciated for a long time. But anyway, so wow, you know now now back to the you know yeah freshman back to your year. freshman. That was, well, well, yeah. I, I do think that's something, you know, with with all the legendary stories and idiosyncrasies and behaviors of Coach Knight, it's really important to hear stories like that to to understand beyond, you know, the legend what the man was really about. Oh, no question. And you know, and and his mother, Hazel, was a school teacher. My mom and dad were school teachers. He he he, he prized education, you know, you know what, it was legendary for the library and raising sure. money for that. I mean, that, you know, th- this guy was a history buff. He, he turned me on to more authors. Uh, one of my favorite authors, David Hal- Halberstam, yes. uh, who, who, you know, who's wonderful in sports and politics, but coach told me, he said, Hey man, uh, you got to read this book from David. Uh, it, the best and the brightest. The best it was and the about, brightest. That was the, oh, absolutely. That was yeah. the first kind of adult book that I read, where I was like, "Oh, you can learn a lot from books." Oh, oh, exactly. And, yeah. and, but the guy's telling me, he said, "Read that one." And I and I mean, I waded through that thing, you know, on Vietnam and the Kennedys and the whole deal. But I became. You know, I loved Halberstam. Every you know, and then he, then he wrote about Jordan. He wrote he wrote about uh, the Trailblazer. He wrote about baseball. You know, Coach loved him anyway. He wrote know, a but, great but, book about my uh, my hometown, St. Louis Cardinals. He wrote yep, a great yep. book about the Car- the '64 Cardinals. That '64, uh, yeah, yep. which was an incredible book. But anyway, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I, but that's you know, that, there's my relationship with Coach Knight, and uh, that that went well beyond basketball was about learning it was you know and i remember uh every summer i would get a letter you know for my hey congratulations on a 3.4 and you know gpa you know that's what we're here for blah 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 but he would take the time to write letters you know my mom sent him card you know christmas cards they you know they were everybody was i didn't know about all this buddy buddy stuff with my parents <laughs> until it was too late you know like after i'm gone i said i could have used some of that i thought he hated me sometimes you know no no he, he loved you you know just in a weird way sometimes right uh all right so let's talk about your freshman class uh some some guys he came in with laz uh yep. steve offeld uh, yep. w- what kind of bond did you guys have coming in as Coach Knight's first class? You know, it, it, interesting. I, I think we, w- you know, we didn't know what we know now. Obviously, we didn't know how how big or how important that that was going to be. Uh, we were just all tickled to be at you know at, at a Big Ten school. Steve Offeld, actually from northern part of the state, was getting a lot of attention from Michigan, Michigan State, that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, I was more an SEC kind of guy. You know, Laz will tell you, and I, he probably did, that he he, he was visiting, uh, you know, all kinds of schools, DePaul, you know, not, not necessarily big schools, right? Right. Uh, 
and I don't know, did he tell you about my brother at Indiana State? Maybe he didn't, but uh, but Laz was on a, <laughs> Laz loves his story. So, hey, Laz, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> you know, Laz goes to Terre Haute, you know, for his, his visit at Indiana State. And my brother, RT, who's a freshman there at that time, is showing him around, and you know, so my brother's asking, "Yeah, where else you? Oh, I'm, you know, looking at DePaul. We're talking about DePaul Greencastle, right? Not mm-hmm. DePaul, sure. Chicago. Some of the smaller places. And it goes in Indiana, and my brother stops and he looks at him. He goes, "Then what the hell are you doing here, <laughs> Indiana?" <laughs> he said, "He said, geez, get out of here. Get a, get a, and, and last goes, what do you mean? He goes, yeah. He said, my brother, you know, says that's the place to, you know, so." But he always you know, said, my brother stopped him and said, then get, what get the, the hell, hell are you doing? In Ter- <laughs> yeah, exactly. you got a chance to go to Indiana and you're in Terre Haute. Get out of here. So, anyway, <laughs> so, so there's Laz, there's me, there's uh, 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 John Camstra, who who I knew. You know, Remember I told you I, I lived in Frankfurt for a couple of years. Well, right. Rossville, where Camstra was from, was right outside of Frankfurt. The only game that the Frankfurt 8th grade team, 8th and ninth grade team, you know, those two years lost was – to Rossville at Rossville in John Campster was my kind of my rival, but a respected rival. And so I loved having you know, John on my team this time. I mean, this guy could play and nobody knows about it because he got uh, his Achilles got popped uh, in a game at Michigan his sophomore year. He literally was playing a lot of Quinn's minutes, believe it or not. I mean, wow. and this guy could jump and shoot and score and defend and just the best. And, and, and he, he was a lot like, reminds me of the story of Glenn Grunwald, who came as the, the biggest, one of the biggest recruits I ever had. You know, he's a four-time All-Stater right. at Illinois. What happens? Both knees gone. And, and, and it used to be, hey, you know, when Glenn would come into a game, that, that meant that it was a surefire victory. You know, it was a victory cigar. You know, kind of laugh, laugh. <laughs> and this was a guy that when he, when he had two good knees, could outplay anybody. But anyway, I, I digress because there, there are stories where guys just don't get credit because of just circumstance, injury, we, that kind of thing. We've talked about it several times on this podcast that beyond shooting and strategy and defensive um, technique, the most important thing in the game of basketball and probably every sport, the most important element is luck. It's like oh. if you don't have it, it's just, you know, like you said, a guy gets injured, blows out his Achilles. Luck just is this, you know, thing that no one can control. And for some teams in some years it works out and you're healthy and then your team is the best yep. team in the country and another team gets a little bit of bad luck and you have a, a year where people are saying they should fire the coach. When if you had the luck, oh. maybe you would have been one of the best teams in the country. It is the craziness oh. of, of sports. Sure. And, and obviously we, we'll get there, but yeah, ask me how I know Scott May broke an arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, wow. Right. Uh, you know, but yeah, let, yeah. let's talk about – Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's back up. Wherever you guys want to start. Yeah, I want to ask you about your freshman year because now yep. you're playing on the freshman team. You're watching Bob Knight's first team at Indiana where yep. they have some success. I mean, the truth is they weren't that much better or worse than the team the year before, but they were doing okay. Yep. They did. Obviously, he lost McGinnis. Yeah, kind of a yep. big deal. That was big. But kind he's got Downing deal. and he's got Joby yep. Wright. Joby. And, mm-hmm. and, and they win some games and they're okay. But what I'm curious about is you did – you obviously committed to Indiana and and felt comfortable enough with Coach Knight, but now you're getting to see him from the inside. Yep. And you're still a 17 and turning 18 year old kid. 
Are you starting to see in practice that this guy is special? Is there any part of you that realizes that at that early time in practice? Uh, you know, that's a great question because the, the, the honest answer is early on, no. I, sure. You know, because now you're, you're thinking, well, this, you know, we knew college was going to be tougher, you know, and better players. You know, it's just like what you hear all athletes at different levels. They say, hey, the game is so much faster. And then when I got there and, and played a while, it slows down. Well, this was really fast. And remember, we're starting out with Coach Knight straight from, from Army. So he's doing a lot of these drills. You know, and Downey probably tell you. You know, if Downey didn't tell you this, he's a liar. When he hated these drills, the charging drills. Oh you know, yeah. Steve, Steve was like, uh, uh-uh, no, I'm, I ain't doing that, Coach. I don't care who you are. And Joby Wright was like, are you crazy? You know, so these are my older guys. You know, I'm looking up to him. But then, but it was really weird because, to a certain extent. That's not their coach. That's my coach. I came here because of that guy, you know, and they didn't. So they had to learn to, to love and appreciate him in a different way than I did. But that's, you know, I, I signed on for him and IU, you know, whatever that meant. To them, they were like looking like, hey, last year, you know, Coach Watson was here and, and we didn't do, we, you know, we didn't do charging drills. We didn't do, we didn't play defense, you know, and now we're all of a sudden we're going to do this stuff. So, so there was a lot of that early on that, you know, grumbling for the upperclassmen. And I was like, I, I would take offense to it a little bit, but I didn't, you know, my place was like, well, those, those guys know more than me. But, uh, but yeah, it, so it was, it was, it was really interesting, the, the, the drills, but there was something inside of me and, and I think the freshman guys that, Hey, we're Coach Knight's boys, and you, 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 you just, and we're not eligible to play varsity anyway. So, you know, let's just we're going to play hard. And and what we were, we were the guinea pigs for everything. I mean, you know, we plus we had to practice against the varsity all the time, and you know, so he he's yelling at us because, hey, you're you're my boys for next year, and I want to see you get really good, and I want you to compete against these guys, and I need these guys to play better. So it was just this whole potpourri of newness, if you will. Sure. And, and where, where's everybody, I, I, you know, and looking back now, I would have loved to have been freshman eligible because, you know, all of us, you know, Laz, uh, Kamstra, Offeld, myself, uh, we'll all, t- Doug Allen, another guy who, who th- those were the five that made, that, you know, that lasted the whole four years, if you will. There were two other, other guys that, that, that didn't, that left early. But the, those five guys, but we would all tell you that, you know, probably halfway through that first year when we were freshmen ineligible, he would have been playing us mm-hmm. because January, we, we called it O for January. And you talk to any of those guys, talk to Downing about how terrible January of 1972 was because they didn't win a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Big Ten, they lost to Northern Illinois. And here's the deal. We, we freshmen would sit back and watch them on TV. Right. And we would, we were praying for these guys to win because the next day in practice, coach <laughs> would be so pissed at these guys and run these guys and they were losing. I mean, and so then we'd gather around again and go, oh, come on, they, they got to beat Northern Illinois. Nope. Nope. Didn't beat them either. Oh my God. And then the next day, you know, and, and, and on the days off that were, the varsity didn't practice. That's the only time we got to practice. So we literally practiced almost 50 days in a row. Uh, no no wow. days off at all because the days off for them was, was the only time we could work on our own you know, stuff. So 
Oh my God, was that horrible? That that January was. We hated those guys. We hated Joby. We hated that. We hated. It was like, can't you guys win one effing game? I mean, geez, we need a break here. So, and then of course we're playing our games, and we don't have time to work on our offense. And and, and you know we so we played a, a schedule of like twelve games, but we did play the game. The game uh, when when I we all started believing you know so, so that that was January right but but I back up a little bit we did start to believe in this guy and his coaching philosophy when we beat the varsity beat Kentucky at Freedom Hall in yeah. December of seventy one and Downing had forty something yeah. Yeah, oh he killed I think he had like forty six and twenty five rebounds oh killed oh, yeah but guess what there was a freshman game before then and guess what. Who, who did Kentucky have? I already told you. Five Mr. Basketball. Right. They, and they were a studly group. And here I am with my buddies, Laz and, <laughs> and, and Offeld and, and Campshire. I'm going, uh, I, I got, and, and not only that, it's in Freedom Hall, which is 10 minutes from my high school. I said, hey, boys, um, I got to look good here tonight. <laughs> you know? and, and I'm, I'm counting on you guys. We, we can't look real bad because this is going to be embarrassing. But. Uh, it, it wasn't. It was ugly. It, it was a little bit ugly because we didn't have an offense because we we never got to practice together and those guys were just kicking our butts. But not that was the last time for a while. Well, yeah. and, and and so sure. you you, uh, you the the upperclassmen also had just beat Kansas and then you beat Kentucky. But yes. I, I am curious. Did Coach Knight? It sounds like based on your mom's reaction to to Coach Rupp, that Coach yep. Knight hated Kentucky right out of the gate. Was that something he preached in practice from day one? Uh, uh, you mean the Briar Hoppers? He called. Them? <laughs> 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 he just here's the deal, though. He, he's an Ohio kid, right? Well, yeah. Guess what? He used to get. He told me he said on radio in Ohio. Guess what games they got? Kentucky games. And so I, I think he had an appreciation for the excellence of Kentucky, but he just didn't like the way Adolph went about his, you know, his the way of doing it, a way of right. accumulating those victories, you know, <laughs> if you will, so so to speak. So that, so there was a little. Love hate, but he loved beating Rupp that night. Man, <laughs> that was sweet. And, and I tell you, that's why he loves Steve Downing. To the day he dies, it's like we beat Kentucky in Freedom Hall. Yes. You know, my first year, and and that's why you know when they went into January, I mean, the hopes were high, and then they just didn't lose it. I mean, they didn't win again until they got their, you know, they got rolling in February. They actually went to the NIT that year. Uh, and, you know, but that was, and, and that was big for coach Knight, yes. but that was the last time he considered it a big deal. You know, from then on, it was NCAA or, or bust. So Greeno, I'm curious about just kind of thinking about the perspective of you growing up Branch McCracken figuring so heavily into your basketball life, the Van Arsdales, Walt Bellamy, all these guys, and the Hurrian Hoosiers, as they were known, high scoring, you know, like you said, fun for a shooter. And Coach yep. Knight's philosophy, at least on the surface, is very different than that. Oh. Did that, either through your recruitment or even when you got to campus, did that ever bother you? Were you ever like, man, this guy just needs to let us shoot? Like, let us get out and run. Yep. How how yep. did you handle that kind of juxtaposition in in basketball philosophies? Well, well, well let me tell you, gents, that that, <laughs> su that that summer before the freshman year, and I got him over here. I'm I'm downstairs by my my bar, and I've got the three books 
that he sent to all the recruits, right? And uh, they were uh, his books. And, and, you know, they were ones he put together, like their little, you know, uh, stapled together books. But uh, the one, you know, getting a good shot, and it has a guy on a ladder, you know, dropping the ball in the hoop. Like, that's how close, that's a good shot. And then the other one is his his. His famous book, you know, that has the devil on the front playing defense. And I remember looking at those books when they, you know, after I'd already signed, right? And it's the summer before I even show up. And my, you know, the pit in my stomach was like, what the F did I get myself <laughs> into? I said, I, I'm a shooter, not a, you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a hater. You know? I'm, I'm just like, hey, so you're right. So, so some of this. Uh, you know, this had to morph over a while because, hey, I, I, I was like a lot of guys. I didn't see a sh- any bad shot out there you know, <laughs> that I was taking. You know, uh, your shots were bad if I wasn't the one shooting them. But other than that, uh, but you know, his whole philosophy of defense, what you know, certainly was new. But man, I tell you what, it, it, it was it was easy to buy into because of the thinking was. You know, if you play good enough defense, and this was this has always been the way, then you don't have to rely on your offense to win games. You could have a bad offensive game and still win the game, and it was about winning. So we started to slowly get that fed to us, not as fast as I'm sure he would have wanted, but it, but nonetheless, that it, it, it sunk in. And, and I will tell you, by the time that my senior year came along, and even well before that, we all looked at each other and said, you know what, that, that guy's a genius because – he made us play defense. The, the better we play defense, the more times, guess what? We had the ball to play offense. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, when, when that light bulb went off in my head, I go, wait a minute. I get it. Right. If we get the ball more often, I get to shoot more. I got it. All right. You know, it was like, yeah, I'll do that, coach. I'll play defense for a while, you know, as long as we get to shoot on the other end. You know, in, in our teams, I think my senior, I think, I think we were averaging 90, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. so for, for a defensive minded coach that everybody said, yeah, you know, they plays defense. Well, sure. Because we get the ball. Right. I mean, that was we, when we, when we as a team all turned the corners that, that those of us that didn't like defense, <laughs> me uh, and others, <laughs> but me, then when we turned the corner of, you know what, that's, that's it. We play better defense. We get to, play more offense more of it so that that was that was a big big turning point for me anyway so before you get to that turning point before the light bulb gets off i'm curious as to what made you go ahead and commit to iu do you think so much of it was was the girls was little five was was the vans and coach mccracken overriding this young unproven guy who's got this defensive philosophy or when you sat down with him that first time he came to recruit you and on your official visit, yep. was there just the strength of conviction? Could you just kind of look in his eyes and hear his voice and something oh. you didn't even maybe be able to define gave you the confidence that this was the right yep. guy? Yeah, it, it was It was more that than I, than I admitted to early on, you know, because it was, there was a lot, as I told you, a lot of pent up, I want to play at Indiana. I mean, mm-hmm. since I was eight years old and now here's the chance to do it. You know, I'm going to be a division one player at Indiana and it's close to home. 
you know, and it's familiar because of my aunt and uncle. Yeah, I'd been there many times, and it was all of those things. But I didn't realize until later that how much it, how much the the way he approached things and his his lack of promises. It was really weird, and that's what you know. Of course, my parents loved about that. It was just no BS, and it was here's what we're going to do, and he sticks. You know, I'm going to stick to that. So that yeah, there was that. There was there there was a confidence that he had that. You know, it was basically, hey, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be on the national stage. And by the time you're a senior, we're going to be, we're going to be in a position to win a national championship. And it was almost like, whether you come here or not, <laughs> and that, you know, that, you know, he didn't say it, but I, I think there was like, dang, you know, no, and nobody else had talked about that. I, I think like Kentucky was like, yeah, you know, you come here, this is what we do. You know, we win championships, and we do this, we do that. You know, kind of in a in in an arrogant fashion to me, anyway. And, and maybe you know, maybe that's being too disrespectful to them because no, no, no it's that's perfect. Just, that's yeah, impossible. It's good. It is impossible to be too disrespectful to <laughs> exactly. Kentucky. So, so you know that, and, and not only that. Guess who, guess who never did recruit me? And by the way, it, I never thought about it except every time the the ball would go in for for us and me. Uh, the Purdue's, ah, they, they, yeah. they, 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 they drove down from Lafayette to see me. There was a snowstorm and they had to turn back and never came back again. Wow, yeah. Man. And I go, I, and I, I heard about that and I go, oh, really? What? How about a little of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about a little bit of this? Then, you know? So anyway. Um, well, speaking of the national stage and, uh, you know, Coach Knight telling you by the time you're a senior, you'll be uh, competing for a national championship. Turns out that uh, timetable got accelerated because the Big first time. year that you are eligible to play, 1972-73, you also welcome a few guys that you mentioned before that joined the team this year, namely Quinn Buckner, Jim Cruz, and Tom Abernathy. Before we get into that season, when those – uh, just kind of talk us through what it was like for you heading into this year. How excited were you to play, and and what was that like from just a – you had a year of just watching these guys not win as many games as you wanted them to, and now yep. you get to do what you came to IU to do. What was that like? Right, right, because that that, that first year, of, you know, my first varsity year, Quinn's, uh, Jimmy's uh, first uh, varsity yeah. year, you know, as freshman, yeah, that was a that was a whole that, that was a whole year. Uh, you know, I I think I ended the my freshman. Remember, I told you I, I went to IU. I was seventeen years old, so I was still filling out. And we talked about you know had I you know hung back a year or whatever. Right. What, what might have happened? Well, I tell you what happened because when I showed up on campus then as a sophomore. I went from I was about one, you know, one ninety five. I was two fifteen, and I hadn't. I mean, and no, wow. no fat. I mean, it just, it, it, I just grew into a, a, you know, a, a bigger, stronger player anyway. So I was ready. I wouldn't have been the year before. There's no question. My freshman year, I keep saying that would have been nice, but I probably would have got, you know, gotten killed my freshman year from a strength standpoint. Well, I, I caught up a little bit by the sophomore year. Plus, now we we'd heard about Quinn forever you know we're going to recruiting this guy this guy's is thinking about coming here he's going to play football and basketball and so that you know that was really big and plus now steve downing was a senior right. john ritter was a senior you know and so who's gonna who's gonna fit into that starting five and and i know it's 
it's petty and it's small for guys to want to be starters, but dang on it, I wanted to start. I mean, yeah, I didn't sure. want to come off the bench. I, I wanted to be one of those guys that hey, at the start of the game, hey, I'm putting you out there because, you know, this is the team I want to start the game with. And so, it you know, I was a, the only sophomore, you know, starting, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I don't even think, I think it was Frank and, uh, and John Ritter and, and uh, so it was John, John and I, John Ritter was a senior, uh, Downing was a senior and I was a sophomore. So we were the underneath guys and out, out front, I think, uh, I'm not even sure Jimmy, I don't think he started the season. Quinn may have started. I, I can't re- recall now, sure. but for me, that was huge. That was huge to put myself in a place where coach relied on me enough that, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to put you in the, the starting five and, you know, let's, 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 start those games. And I, and I was, I, I took great pride in putting myself in that position, but also for him giving me the opportunity to do that. It just, you know, and maybe he thought, well, the, you know, Steve's such a knucklehead. If I don't start him, he'll pout. So I mean, <laughs> might as well get some, well, I can always take him out of the game, you know, which right. you know, coach, coach is a master psychologist. So you never know. So anyway, that, that was really good. And, and so I was just excited. I, I remember my first game at assembly hall, you know, and I, it was against uh, Harvard. And, uh, man, I, I couldn't have been more, more nervous. Couldn't, could not have been. I, it just was like a, this dreamlike state and, uh, and, you know, we won and I, you know, I, I played well enough to where I just, you know, it started to, to settle in a little bit. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, that, that was, that was a really exciting start to that. We had no idea we were going to end up where we ended up, but, uh, but at the start of the year, that was, that was like, okay, th- this is real. Yeah, you know, no, no more, no more uh, JV vars or no more JV freshman, you know, or any anything yeah. like that. This is this is it. You well, know, you're on, you're on the team. You're not just playing as a first year varsity player at Indiana. You're not just starting. You're scoring in double digits. You average ten point one points a game, four point six rebounds. You're shooting, um, you're shooting just under fifty percent for for the season, but you guys are winning a ton of games. And I want to just take a moment here because now this is the first time you got to play against Steve Downing and George McGinnis in high school where they upset you. Yes, <laughs> now thank you. you had a freshman year where you got to watch uh, Steve Downing play, but now you get to play alongside Steve. We did have Steve on the podcast and just loved talking to him. Tell us what yeah. kind of player Steve Downing was. Oh, my gosh. You know, Steve, of course, was always overlooked because of George and, and, you know, I guess rightfully so, but Steve had a different set of skill, you know, and, and man could, you know, he could jump, he could rebound. He had that coach along with Steve's work ethic made himself into a, a scoring threat. I mean, he really had to work at, at those post moves, but man, he, he became our, our rock. I mean, we, we knew we had, as long as we had downing on our team, we knew that, Defensively, we were better. Rebounding wise, we were better, and we know we knew what to do with the ball. I, I mean, I remember uh, if I had you know no doubt about if I didn't know anything else, I said, "Gosh, where should I pass this?" Well, I'm going to throw it to Steve. <laughs> you know, I, I knew I knew that was never wrong. Like, hey, here, you you take it now. And and of course that a guy like that opens things up for a guy like me. And so I, I benefited from that, but you know, Steve was, was, uh, you know, well, he, you know, he worked his way to a number one draft position, right. you know, with the Celtics that year. And this is a guy that six, eight, you know, and the guy that was always the, the second, 
uh, you know, he, he, he was always playing understudy to the Big Mac, and it, he came into his own, you know, his junior and, and then his senior year was, was fabulous. So you guys, you start off, you beat Kentucky again. So now, now you're, you're just kind of owning those guys. You start off 14-2, and 6-0 and in the conference. You get ranked in the top five. This is in you and, and, and Coach Knight's second year in Bloomington. But then you do lose three of four, including one against Purdue, uh, yep. a, a number four ranked Minnesota team. How does Coach Knight uh, 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 recalibrate the team to move forward? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? What? You talked about him being a master psychologist. What, oh, what do you okay, do yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, he just he just worked the crap out of us. I mean, oh my, he he makes it so that. You know, you don't want to lose. Okay, let's put it that way. So that, that, that's that's a, a context for one thing. Negative but, reinforcement. But, oh man, it's like you didn't want to go there. But <laughs> but it is right. You know, we were, we were cruising along. But you know, when you, we look at who we, you know, you, you lose, you know, to your rival on their floor. You lose to Minnesota, the defending Big Ten champions, and I, and probably Ohio State. I bet, yeah, because Ohio mm. State. You know, I, I've said this over and over again. I, you know, and I've said it in front of Coach Knight when we've roasted him before. And I, you know, and I, I'll say, you know, the the week of the Ohio State game every year was the 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 thought I always had was, damn, I wish Coach had graduated from Northwestern instead, <laughs> instead of Ohio State because we could kick their butt no matter. But it, we would be so tense, you know. It's Ohio State. It's coaches on the mind. Oh man, and they're good too. Oh. So, uh, you know, so yeah, that was, that was tough. That was, uh, uh, you know, too tough to lose to those teams. Now we got it back. I mean, we got yes. all those back, but, uh, uh, and, and, and one story about that, this is okay. Again, I think I'm telling on myself, people are going to go, gosh, green really, you know, used to think a lot of himself. And I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to have a certain amount of confidence, but that game we lost to Purdue, uh, we're coming down to the wire. It's close, right? And this was the first and last time I ever doubted Coach Knight at all. But here I'm a coach's son. I'm out there. I'm, I can still see it. I'm on the wing and Mackey, you know, and we're down a couple points. And the clock's going down. And I'm thinking to myself, when's he going to When's he gonna do something? When's he going to do something? When's he going to call time? When's he going to? And finally, I got the ball in my hands. <laughs> And I just took off and drove it to the rim, right? Like I said, <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And, of course, missed. Oh. And, of course, what, what does a sophomore do when you miss and the guy gets a rebound, grab, foul? Oh, but I had a, I, was, I was having a good game, too. You know, he didn't take me out. You know, he didn't do any of that. And But, yeah, we ended up losing the game. And so we come home and, and, and you know, we bust home. And every time that we would come home from anywhere, we'd, we'd always say, bring your stuff up to whatever, you know, the I men's room or something. We're going to, you know, he's going to say, he'll come in later and say something. Well, you know, he, 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 you know, he was really upset. He was upset at Downing. He was upset at Ritter. Those, those are my seniors. And he, he excused everybody except me. And I go, Oh, shit, oh no, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. He'd be like that. Here it comes. And he goes, I just want you to know, I was really proud of you. He said, I, I you know, I, I'm going to look to you as more of the captain going forward. Those guys, you know, this is those guys didn't, they should have done what they, you know, they should have done. You, you have guts, you, you know, and I was going, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's right, bud. Now you're getting it. I said, I'm only a sophomore. I know, but I, 
I think you're right. I think you're onto something. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sucking this all in. I'm driving home that night. I'm going, yeah, it's my team now. It's about time, you know. Downing and Ritter, you had your chance. So, so here's the, the end of this. Is the next, you know, next day of practice. Of course, I'm popping in. I can't wait for practice. Yeah, we got beat by Purdue, but shoot, I'm the new, I'm the new sheriff. So I, you know, I'm, I'm good. He walks in. And he comes right up to me, nose to nose, and he goes, "Green, forget every effing thing I said last night." What? <laughs> he said, "I watched the tape." <laughs> he said, I, "I watched the tape of that game. You were horrible. You were." I go, "But, but, yeah, last night I was the guy. I was no coach. You know, I want to be. I want to be the guy. Like, no, don't say this." But he did. He just took it right up, and I have no. I have no idea. Within within twelve hours, I was the lowest guy on the totem pole. But I, but there for a moment, I was yeah yeah I'm pretty pretty cool. But wow. he said no. I watched the tape and I go oh you saw you saw that didn't you? you saw how bad that was. So anyway, there you go. Wow. That, that was a software. But but then we did uh, you know we got back the the most fun game that year. The most fun game was Minnesota at home. When we beat them, and because they had everybody, they were loaded. That was a Big Ten game. I mean, fans were into it. It was it was the most fun to beat them that year, and that was part of the reason you know we ended up winning the Big Ten. Well, let's so, talk we, about that because what we've talked um, we've talked to many former Coach Knight players, and I think to a man, they all say that when Coach Knight laid out his goals for a team, it always started with Big Ten championship. Like, we yep. want to win the Big Ten. Like, the national championship yep. and competing there, that comes after. But the 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 baseline is we're going to be Big Ten champs. And this yep. is the first time he does that at Indiana. You are a huge part of that. And and truthfully, it's the first time that Indiana has won the Big Ten in quite some time now. Yep. So you yep. win the Big Ten. What was that like, your first year playing oh. varsity, your Big Ten champion? Oh, yeah. We I don't even think we could uh... – you know, re- re- really take it all in, to be very honest. And, and it's interesting that uh, we have to thank, speaking of, we thank Northwestern for that, you know, because they, on the last day of the year, they, well, I'll back up here a little bit. We, uh, Minnesota loses to Iowa, I think, two games before the end, and we win. And so now uh, we're tied for the Big Ten Championship, going into the last game for Minnesota at Northwestern and Purdue at IU. Yep. So we're tied, right? There's a big campus rally at the old uh, 10th Street Stadium where they used to do, you know, the, the little five races back in my day. And it's a campus wide because people are going nuts. It's like, hey, we're, we're we're tied for a Big Ten championship, and we haven't done this in a while. Nobody, and and so they just, you know, everybody's going to this. Well, of course, you know. As a player, I'm not supposed to be there, right? But I did. I said, I have to, I want to go see this, you know. And, and they were like, hey, any players here? Any players that can come down? And I at least knew I was smart enough that if Coach Knight knows I get up and speak to the crowd, you know, I, I was at least, you know, knew I wasn't going to do that. But I just sat there and, and I was so excited. I said, yeah, the, they're, they're, they're excited about our team. And I loved it. So, then we go into the final game, right? And we play in the afternoon, and we beat Purdue. 
Yep. So we're at least a shirt of a tie. That had to feel good. Last regular season of game. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, are you kidding me? (laughs) And and so that was in the afternoon. So I drive from Indianapolis up to Indianapolis where my younger brother, Bruce, is a sophomore on a Milan high school. That's where my dad went to become principal. And they're in the 73 semi-state game. So it was, you know, I was on cloud nine. Hey, we beat, you know, oh, it was a great game. And, you know, and my mom and dad were there, but then they drove up, you know, to see Bruce. And then I drove up and joined them. And then afterwards we're at a restaurant just having a, you know, a meal. And we're just kind of like glowing about, oh, what a great day. You know, even though Bruce's team lost, they were in the semi-state. What a great basketball day. And somebody comes up and said, congratulations, man. You're big 10 champs. I said, well, you know, no, because you know, we're, we're tied. He goes, no, Northwestern just beat Minnesota. Uh. <laughs> and I go, are you, I did, are you, no. And we, che- you know, we, we didn't, we couldn't check phones or anything. Nobody had that kind of stuff. It's like, you're kidding. He goes, oh, no, no, they did. Uh, and so you're outright Big Ten champions. And that's how I found out. It was wow. just somebody said, oh, oh my God. God, so we yeah that that changed everything. It so did. so it, that it that also meant you, you knew at that point then you weren't going to have to play a a, a yep. play in game for yep. the NCAA exactly. tournament. Absolutely, no, no, we were we were in, and then it was just all preparation. The the next day, starting on okay, we're going to the and you go directly to the Mid East Regional. So you know, so. And, Yep. So how does Coach Knight start to prepare you to take on number five Marquette? I, yep. I'm guessing, is there any access to any footage of their games? How do you prepare for a team? I, that, that's a, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know in those days, I, I remember that the, the assistant coaches always had to go and, and, and they would always report like uh, before a game, we'd have a, you know, when we broke it all down, you know, the start of, uh, of preparation, let's say for Marquette would have, might've been Bob Weltlick, the assistant coach, he, you know, he, he had to leave whatever game we were at, or maybe he wasn't even at the game at our game because he was going to scout ahead or something like that. But, it, but this was a little unusual, obviously, because you don't know, A, you're going to be in or B, who you're going to play against necessarily. So I think, you know, that you just call around, Hey, I got a coaching buddy. Hey, you played Marquette. Can you tell me about it? And coach knew Al McGuire. He knew what kind of style, but we got, we got film on it, you know, so they break, they would break it down. I mean, those guys, Dave Bliss, Bob Welllick were, were the best at breaking down film and then would come and, you know, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I, 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 I remember Marquette was, you know, was, was a beast. And uh, so this was 73, you yep. know, and of course then, then uh, I think in 74, uh, uh, they, they lose in the championship to North Carolina state. And then in 77, they win it all. So they, you know, this is a big run for Marquette, you know, sure. but they had, they have great guy, Maurice Lucas, you know, and, 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 you know, lots of guys that, that you know, you'd tell me, I go, oh, that's right. I forgot about him. <laughs> but, but, uh, but anyway, but they pressed, they were a pressing team, you know, and they just had quickness all over and they, and they had great defenders at the rim. So got to beat this press, got to beat this press. And I remember, you know, thinking, well, you know, well, Quinn would just dribble through it, and, you know, and coach sets up. <laughs> no, he said, here's going to be our offense. And he goes, okay, Steve, you're going to be in the center, the middle middle court. And when Quinn, you know, we get the ball in, we're going to throw it to you and you're going to break 
Oh. And leave. I, I go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is Marquette, coach. This is not, you know, this isn't Salem, Indiana. This is Marquette. I, I'm not ready for that. Remember, I'm the guy at Purdue that you thought was good, was then was bred. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to do this. And, and yet he had, he had mastermind. No, we're going to do, we're going to attack the press this way. And it, it worked beautifully. We, we, we just went through that. That was not a, it, it wasn't the big deal, you know, that everybody else had experienced, and and we played a really, really good game. And uh, oh yeah, that that was that was one of the most exciting times, in, you know, that I've ever had on the court. And is this and where then, you're starting to see his his genius, where oh, he can take absolutely. something that seems overwhelming to almost any yeah. other team in the country, and you guys just figure it just out, just break it down, just break it down. I mean, oh yeah, by that time, you know, he had he had us. I mean, because. You know, again, we we lose against these teams: Ohio State, Minnesota, and Purdue. And then he figures it out. And then we, you know, how how can we beat that same team? Because especially Minnesota, they had all seniors: Clyde Turner, and then you know, and Jim Brewer, and uh, uh, Ronnie B. Hagen, and you know, these guys that played pro ball, and they 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 were cocky, confident, and you know, and just really good collegiate players too. But we, you know, here's how you do it. You, you play this way. You do this. You play defense this way. And here, what I loved about him was, you know, everybody talks about his defense was his offense. I mean, he could. I mean, let me tell you, he could get guys, and I'm I'm one of them, and my buddy Brian Evans is another one. Get you open shots all day long. You know, just get ready. You know, you got to put them in. Right. You can't miss. But he said, you know, he could set it up so. You know, we're going to get you open shots if we do this and do that, and you come off the screens. And you know, anyway, well, let's was, talk a second about Bob Knight's motion offense. Yeah. is it instituted into your team at this point in his run at Indiana, as we all came to know and love it? And you'll, you'll, was that a difficult thing for you to learn? It's interesting that his first year, so my freshman year, we weren't running a motion, and he wasn't running. Uh, and Laz may have told you this, and remember, Laz Offeld, Stevie Offeld, and me went to the New York Knicks summer camp uh, that Dave Bliss, who was an, our assistant coach at IU, would run the Willis Reed camp, but it was basically New York Knicks, but it's Willis Reed's camp up, up in New York. And before we left, Coach said, here's what I want, you know, got the three of us together. He said, here's what I'd like you guys to do in, you know, like counselor games. And what he was giving us was, were the fundamentals of motion. Wow. We had no idea. He said, okay, you, and, and we were going, well, what play? He goes, no plays. <laughs> and we're going, no plays. Okay, okay, now, what next then, Coach? Movement. I, depend, he said, if Steve brings the ball down this way and passes the Laz and cuts that way, then I want you to, you know, read your man and cut the way that you think is best. And then Laz, you know – and we would we got together. We practiced just the three of us on, you know, out in, on asphalt courts and you know, like in the morning, because we weren't we weren't counselors up there. We were right. just we were just there because Dave Bliss said, "Hey, come on up and you know, I'll, I'll give you a bed you can sleep in." And then, but then in the evening we'd play against these uh, collegiate guys, right? And we'd run motion, just the three of us, not even a five on five, <laughs> three of us, and we were killing them. I mean, and we weren't even sophomores. I mean, we, you know, we just finished right, our freshman right. year. We're killing these guys just because they don't know where we're cutting. And that's when we, you know, then that, that sophomore year, you know, when he instituted that, okay, here we were familiar with it. And it just became, this is genius. 
nobody, because, you know, he kept preaching. If you don't know where you're going to cut until the defense does something, how in the hell do they know where you're going to cut? And it was like, we just, the genie in the the bottle, you know, just came out. It was like, yeah, wow. nobody, you can't be defended if they don't know what you're going to do because you don't know what you're going to do. And it was like really weird, but really, uh, you know, it just opened our minds to things. And, and, you know, Quinn would run it, you know, he'd go to the right side and he'd be, he'd be thinking two passes ahead. So that he, he would know my first pass isn't going to come to Steve. It's going to be the second one that comes back around. And so you, you he'd go opposite, and then you'd start pick downs. And, you know, you, you knew where you had to be when the ball was reversed. And there's your shot. And if you don't get it, then, hey, nobody got in a hurry because there wasn't a shot clock. Remember? Right, so, right. And, and, and we, we understood one thing starting that sophomore year, and it just got better and better. And that is, you know what? You think you guys don't like to play defense? Nobody likes to play defense. Right. So that's where we got into four, five, six, seven passes. And you would see these guys just say, oh, screw it. Why don't you get here? <laughs> just, just lay it in. They, they would get so tired. It, it, they Almost like, hey, just score on us so we can go on the other end. Okay. All right. That's you know, And it great. would almost be just this defeatist attitude of, I can't play defense anymore, not because I can't. I just don't like it. You know, right. <laughs> we, we, we could read that in people. And so that's why we'd make the extra pass. You know, we, we'd make the extra pick because it was so frustrating to these guys that we were playing against. You know, it, so it's funny. One of the great, I guess, the, a paradox of Coach Knight is everybody thinks of him as he's authoritative, he's a disciplinarian. I, I think some uh, from the outside looking in, in just basketball terms, would think of him as like a control freak. But the truth is, his motion offense, what he ran and and perfected in some ways, allowed for the players to have more creative freedom within that offense than sure. what most coaches run, which is, no, you have to run when the ball goes here, you go here, yep. you set this, like it's very regimented and you have to do these things. But Coach Knight's offense allowed you guys to have more say in it, really, than most offenses do. Oh, no question. And and it, and that's why uh, our practices were so heated. Not only did we have good players, you know, and that was, uh, that was another key in building sure. this was getting guys like, Scott and Bobby involved in, you know, that, you know, you know, the, the next year, the, the, yeah. the year after, I mean, they, this, they didn't, they didn't even play in this. Now think about that. They didn't play the year we went to the final four. How great did it feel to beat Kentucky to go to the final four? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always a good feeling to do that. But we had, you know, we had beaten them earlier in the year at Bloomington and to get them again. And they were favored. I mean, they were, they, they were favored to go to the final four and, with you know they, their sophomore group of guys that you know uh, that were my age, and then Jim Andrews was their center, and and uh, but yeah, to beat them to to go, there, there's a f- famous picture that Coach had forever in his office, and it was all of us erupting from the bench because I think at that time I, I was taken out the you know we had the game won and you know it was free throw time or something i forget what it was and and so we're, you know i can you know with our hands up i mean it, we we literally could not believe we're going to the final four i mean and we beat kentucky to do it, it was well, I mean, that's perfect that was perfect you know for us and uh, didn't know what that really meant to tell you the truth i mean we we're just like well gosh uh I, 
you know, this is going to be really exciting. What, what does that even mean? Because it's, it's always been on TV and I, you know, it's, and it's always been UCLA and oops, guess what? We get to play UCLA. Oh, well, okay. That's different. But, uh, but anyway, so, no, it was great. It so was really here you, you are on the national stage. You are a yep. nationally relevant program. Coach Knight told you that by your senior year would happen. It's happening in your yep. sophomore year. You yep. play UCLA, the most, you know, UCLA and Kentucky at this point in, in the history of college oh. basketball are the two most storied programs. Yeah, no, no question. And you guys in the second half are rolling. And yep. I just want to skip to, because we've talked to several people about it, including Mr. Downing himself, the yep. infamous foul call that they yep. call on Downing when it yep. could have easily gone on Walton. What was your perspective when that happened? Yeah, I, it was, you know, it was one of those things. I, I think at that time I was on the bench, and uh, you know, we, we we were getting that same feeling that you know we're we're going to win this one. And, you know, we just got to keep doing the right things, and and we, we, you know, we've got the guy on our team. You know, that's Downing. We got the guy that as long as he stays in, and whoops, there it went. I mean, it was it it, it was it deflated everybody, and we you know. Whether it was right or wrong meant nothing at that time. I mean, he was right. You know, he's out. You know, and and that just that, that that took away more than just our heart and soul. Of course, it took away options. It took away defense. It, you know, they, they 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 were able to to close it out. So it was just you know really uh, you know it was I almost say devastating. And, and and that's the thing that I think sometimes I and I you know even talk to uh, to high school teams and I always talk about. You know, I'm a sophomore, and and sometimes you think, well, this is great as a sophomore. We'll, we'll be back, kind of feeling, you know, afterwards. Right. And you should never do that. It should it should always be about the seniors. It should always be about this is their day, and it should always be about you never know this. You, you may never be here again, and you know. So that's why it, it you know when you think of that perspective, it was just so so close, so sure. close to 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 you know getting into a championship game, and who knows then. So you know, that was out in St. Louis, as a matter of fact. Yes, it was my hometown. So you, you got it. Oh, Cherry so, Dome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, I, I was a spirit. I was a St. Louis spirit, man. Yes, so you I mean, were. Yeah. I know. St. Louis. <laughs> I know you do. Ted Drews, frozen custard. Yeah, you got it. You it all. Um, Up on the hill too. For that's the right. Food. Yeah. Okay. So right. Steve Downing does go on yep. to play for yep. the Boston Celtics. That works yep. out well for him, his rookie year, yep. as we all know. Uh, yep. But now you do get Scott May, Bobby Wilkerson, yep. and a yep. towering freshman named Kent Benson on the floor. Yes. How does Coach Knight go about incorporating three incredibly talented guys into already a really solid rotation? Yeah, and it wasn't overnight. It wasn't the first day of practice. Here's the starting five that we ultimately grew into. He he messed around with a lot of combinations. You know, there were times where Bobby Wilkerson was brought off the bench. You know, there were times that Kent didn't play a lot or much, but that that's not unusual. You know, you now know in a Coach Knight program, with rare exceptions, you know, freshmen and sophomores just – you know, you're 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 going to have to uh, sit and learn sometimes, uh, uh, and you know, get up to speed. But a lot of it was in practice, as I remember it. A lot of it was just repetition. It was, I mean, and guys like you know Quinn and I would bark at, at Benson. You know, he's the freshman, and we're 
you know, we're the the leadership of the team, and so it had to come from us sometimes, and and also from us afterwards when he, you know, had his head down, uh, or or any of those guys, you know, when they w- would hang their head, it's like this is this is okay. This he doesn't mean this. You know, we'd we'd interpret for <laughs> Coach Knight, right? You know, so he it, it doesn't mean you know w- w- what we're after here is winning, and we we got to be able to count on you in games, and that's why it's so important to practice well. So, you know, a, a lot of that. So it, it was a lot of experimentation I, I i remember that year we went out to the uh, far west classic and uh we we won the first game out there so that would have been my junior year yeah 73 74 so we we go to the far west classic and uh, i forget who we beat up on the first game but it was such that in the papers the next day it was oh my god this team is amazing you know, it was one of those just, oh, the, we've never seen anything like it. The ball movement, the this, the that, and the other. BYU. Then, BYU, yeah. Yep. Just cr- I think you, you only, you only, well, it was kind of close. Your, your memory is a little off. You beat them by 44. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think we put on the, the proverbial clinic. But then we meet up against, I think it's Oregon. With Oregon Ronnie State. Lee. Oregon State. O- Oregon, with Ronnie Lee. And uh, Ronnie Lee, who was a great player for those Phoenix Suns after that, but Ronnie Lee tore us a new one, man. I mean, he just beat the heck out. And that's where we saw the Coach Knight that you don't want to see, especially in that far away from home. Oh, <laughs> long plane ride. Whoa. Whoa. You know, it was – but it was a it was a good, hey, you guys read your own clippings kind of thing. You know, mm. and, and, and then, then I think – I forget who we beat then, you know. You beat Oregon, actually, the next game. Okay, okay, so Oregon State. Yeah, because yeah. they always had the far west. Yeah, Oregon, right. Oregon State. They used to have Washington. And we were – you know, we were supposed to be the sacrificial Midwest lambs. You know, then we came out we – cream BYU and then but then you know boy Ronnie Lee and, and I played with Ronnie on an all-star group uh, my senior year Quinn and I we toured against the the Russians in the fall of 74 and Ronnie Lee was on there and boy we just we said we hated you for the longest time but <laughs> I said but but you know what we're glad you're on our team yeah no you, kidding you could really play so anyway so yeah. uh because you're short on time I I want to uh just go through a couple things in this season and then get to your senior year. But in this season, a couple things worth noting. You go from shooting 46.6% your first year on varsity at Indiana to shooting 54.5% from the floor your your junior year. You go from averaging 10 points a game to 16.7 where you lead the team. You are leading the team in scoring. You're up to 5.4 rebounds. You're Big Ten champions again two years in a row. But this time, you do have to play a play-in game. Co-champs yep. with those Wolverines. And you lose yep. to Michigan. Yep. And back then, only one team from a conference made the NCAA tournament, which is remarkable when you think about it. And you guys were oh, a top-10 yeah. team virtually yeah. Oh, yeah. all year. Yeah, you were. Oh, yeah. You absolutely had a chance to compete for a national title this year. Oh, no question. But, but no the question. rules were different. Yep. You lose to Michigan. We talked to Laz about this. You are invited, Indiana is invited, to play in the inaugural season of the CCTA tournament. And yep. Coach Knight wants nothing to do with it. He does yep. not want to go. Yep. But the administration in Indiana wants Indiana to go. 
Yeah, exactly. You got it. He's telling you the right story. Did he tell you about the vote? Tell us. Well, we <laughs> yeah. heard his story. We've now heard, we want you to tell us. We've heard different versions because Cruz was involved in this story and Benson, too. Uh, uh, we need your okay, perspective. And, and, and we're old men and we all remember as we remember. But I, I know for a fact on that plane flight back from uh, Champaign after we lose to Michigan. And again, we, you know. Uh, we beat Michigan at home and they beat us up there. And we, it's, we're, I think 12 and 12, 12 and two for both of us. And, you know, but, but, you know, we go over there after we, with a, after we beat Purdue, right yep. at home. And that, that was the most emotional game we've ever played. I think because we to to coach and the rest of us, we repeated as big 10 champs, yep. even though it was a co-championship. And I remember hugging, we're in the middle of assembly hall. People are flooding, you know, everybody around us. And it's coach night and me, we're hugging, and, and we're screaming in each other's ear, ears, we did it, we did it, we went back to back. And it, it was, the, back to your earlier point, so important. Big Ten was so important for Coach Knight and for us. So anyway, so we go over there and we're, you know, then it's kind of, I won't say anticlimactic, but it, it was like, gosh, now we got to play Michigan over here at Illinois. You know, what this doesn't. So we end up, you know, on the plane flight back. Coach says, it brings me up to the front of the plane. and said, okay, here's the deal. They've got this new tournament. I don't want to go. I mean, he just went right. I don't want to go. He said, you know, we might be able to, you know, get some games for Benson. He said, it might, you know, might be good. You know, but he said, I, I there's no way. He said, I, I just, you know, don't, don't want to do it. So I, I, I just don't want to let you guys down. And, you know, you don't get your heart set on it. We're, we're not a second place team. That's what it was supposed to be for second place. And, 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 and we didn't even have a chance to, to go to, to the NIT that Purdue went to and wins that year. Right. Right. Uh, you know, there as the third place team, he would have, if it would have been the NIT, I, I'm sure we would have gone, but instead of this thing. And so, all right. And I go, well, good. The season's over. Good. I, you know, I mean, you know, we lost, I, it's dang on it. I, it's terrible. I wish we didn't, but if season's over, that means practice is over. <laughs> that means it's, it, you know, it's time to hit the quarries, right? Out of oh yeah. yeah. All right. And so, uh, so anyway, the next day, uh, he calls Laz and me into uh, his office and said, okay, here's the deal. He said, you know, you can tell by that time the administration is, hey, we're obligated, you know, but he still is defined. He says, you know, you know I tell you what, why don't you guys go vote? You know, the team. I'll, I'll, I'll abide by the team vote. And so we went over, and I remember kind of laughing, like, I know what the team vote's going to be, and I don't care. I don't even have to, I don't have to look at the, the ballots, you know, no because I'm saying no, and, you know, and we're kind of all green. Well, anyway, we get an umbrella out. We're in McNutt, you know. Okay, throw throw the, the piece of paper in here, yes, no, you know. Okay, let's look. Oh, yep, yep, no, we don't want to go. All right, so we go trotting back there. Yep, coach, you know, we don't want to go either. He goes, well, <laughs> oh, and I go, man, he's, he's starting to go, well, you know, we. And that's when he starts, you know, Kent Benson, he could use the game. He said, but you know what, I, I still, go vote again. okay here we go this reminds me of uh, when we were at wisconsin one time and and, uh, he came into the room with with all of us and he said hey you know and this is the night before a game and he goes hey anybody want to go see a movie and and uh, we all raise our hands and like god we've never done that before he would never let us out of yeah it's great we all you know so it's unanimous and he goes uh, no, let's don't. He said, uh, and we go, we, we go, coach, you know, 13 of us voted. He goes, yeah, but he says, but, but my vote counts 14. So anyway, that, that was that, you know, and we go, okay. So not we'll a democracy, here. not a democracy here, <laughs> boys. So anyway, yeah, we had a second vote and it was just, you know, no, we're playing. 
And okay, well, if we're going to play, then, you know, then we'll, let's have a few easy practices and go, well, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, he busted on it. Well, in fact, back to the 73, when we beat Kentucky and we're going to be in the final four and, you know, and then UCLA beats us. Remember, we had a consolation game, you know, for on right. Monday night back mm-hmm. in those yes. days, Providence and uh, Ernie D. Gregorio, Kevin yeah. Stakem and, and, uh, Marvin Barnes. Marvin didn't play in that one, by the way. So we figure, well, on Sunday, well, he, we have film session on Sunday after we got beat by UCLA. He's yelling at us like when we're going, hey, this is a consolation game. Our game, you know, it's, it's over. He coached us like this was the most important game in the world. So anyway, so we, we should have known. But sure enough, that next year for this stupid tournament, we, we go out there. And remember, it's in the same place where we were in the final four a year before. Right. Wait, right? By, by the way, I do want to say that Providence game, Providence yeah. was ranked number four in the country when you played them. You beat them in that consolation game by 18 points, 97 oh. to 79. I mean, you guys were rolling. I mean, oh, well, really and, rolling. And remember what I just told you that Sunday before we were getting our butts kicked. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, didn't, we weren't going to lose, you know, and, and I wasn't going to have a bad, another bad game. I didn't play well in the, in, in a, and I happened to, to play well in the consolation game. So I was like, hey, I'm, I'm ending this one on a good note. It's, so. it's funny because you've alluded to this, and Todd Leary uh, said this to us when we interviewed him, and we've talked to a few other people, Pat Graham also, that there were times when playing for Coach Knight, where when you did have one of those games where he just reamed you the next day in practice or the next week in practice, where it felt like the game that came up not only was the game of vacation compared to practice, but that it just felt like there was no choice but to win the game. Like you, you, yeah. you, you had to win the game because you couldn't fathom what was on the other side of it if you lost again. <laughs> yeah, you know the the old walking the plank. Right, <laughs> ain't no way I'm going to face the alligators. So right. yeah, let's uh, so let's win this one. So yeah. back to '74. You you go to the CCTA tournament. You actually the first two rounds of that tournament play tough games. Like you, you guys oh. aren't killing people. And then you play the number 15 team in the country, USC, again, because of the antiquated rules of making the NCAA tournament, USC, a team that also could have been competing for a Final Four spot if they were in the NCAA tournament. Oh, easy. And you, Jeff Williams, yeah, yeah. And you guys don't just beat them. You smoke them. Do you want to win the championship at this point? Like, it's about, like, wow, we've got a chance. I know it's not the NCAA title, but we can win a title here and win the last yeah. game of the year. Yeah, yeah, it was about winning the last game of the year. But also, my friends, does anybody <laughs> write about the fact that the old coach got kicked out of that one? Early? Oh. 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 Please, do tell. Oh, yeah. Do tell, <laughs> yes. He gets tossed. He gets thrown out. What <laughs> happened? Ask me. Well, of course he's he's in a, you know he, he's still like I can't believe we're we're not in the national championship <laughs> of the big tournament, right? So, right. but we're but we're against and he he knows the guy. I, I don't know if Bob Boyd was the coach of USC at that time or not. That's a friend of his. I, so there was some of that, but but I tell you, what what happened was that uh, you know he argued something and he threw it out. So so he's he's at the the tunnel. If you've ever been there before, he's, he's at the tunnel where we go in at halftime, right? So he's down there, but he's sending 
coaching messages through Dave Bliss to to Bob Well, you know. So, so we're we're making do, right? But get this: somewhere in the near the end of the first half, I fouled somebody, and I protested, and I got a technical. I got a technical. Oh, He's wow. been thrown out. Keep this. I find out later I was the first player, not only his first recruit, but first player ever got a technical <laughs> that played under him. How did I find that out? Guess what? Halftime. Guess who's waiting on me? The guy oh. that just got thrown out in the first half, and he chews my ass for for how can you act that way? I kind of look at that and go, you're thrown out of the game, and you're telling me about a technical, but it was. I, I didn't realize. It's like, I, my players don't do that. You know, I wow. let me do that. You know, he was. The, the, old, the old, hey, let me do it, not you. You know, do what I say, not what I do. But anyway, it was so funny. I go, oh my god, and yeah, we did. So we had to, we had to kick it, and they were good. Gus Williams, John Lambert, they both played in the pros, and and they were a really good team. But we, uh, yeah, that. You, but he was out. <laughs> yeah, you win that game by 25 points. You end your junior year with a championship, not the championship that anybody wanted, but it does set the stage for. One of the most magical, not one of, the most magical runs in Indiana University basketball history, the next two years of basketball. Which we can't rush through. No, we so, don't want to rush no, through. No, no. Greeno, would you do us the great honor to come back to talk about the upcoming senior season of yours in sure. depth? Sure. We, 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 we know you got to bounce to hang out with that Brian Evans guy. Yeah. As tough yeah. as that is. By, by the way, I do want to leave it at this before that, though. Uh, you and I texted about this a little bit. We have our big event coming up in Bloomington on November 16th. 16th, right. Yes, we would be honored for you, if you can make it, if your schedule allows, to yep. to grace us with your presence so that we can shake your hand and thank you for everything oh, in be person. Happy to. Be happy um, to. No, I'm going to try to get down there awesome. uh, one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and by the way, when you see Brian Evans today, tell him he needs to confirm for it too. He's been playing right. coy with me, but he's coming. Right. We're getting him to come. I, yeah, we're good. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get him down there. Good. We should be down there anyway. Well, but but yeah, we, we, we say yeah, save the the that last year's questions because man, uh, let me tell you, uh, by that time I would just tell you that and, and remind me to tell you about. But at the end of the first practice, I, I I remember bringing everybody together. First practice of the year, right? So this is the my our senior year, and it's it's just like you said this. We're going to have a special run. We didn't know it, obviously, but I brought everybody together. Swear out, you know, swear to God, and we all put our hands in the middle and we looked at each other. And I said, "Look, we've all been around this guy long enough now. Do you think that he's going to, you know, we're never going to please him unless we win every freaking game this year? <laughs> so do do I have, you know, do I have everybody's attention? Are we going to do that? And we were shaking our heads like, "Yeah, you know, you're right. Let's let's do because we we we've." You know, we've there's no such thing as a good loss, so we're not going to lose, right? <laughs> so let's practice that from October 15th on. So that was a start. So there you go. Wow. That's well, that's a good tease. Uh, right. I will. I'll follow up with you and set another time. Hopefully, we can do it very soon because we'd love to yeah. do these episodes back to back. Gotcha. Um, we'll do. We we can't thank you enough. Your stories, your insight, uh, just how open and honest you are with us about your your time at Indiana and the way you have connected us to parts of Indiana history, as Ward said, that we have not been able to truly visit with Branch McCracken and Everett Dean and the Van Arsdales and Walt Bellamy. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my uh, thank, man. You, thank you so much. We'll All let right, you go. Right. Say hi to Brian, and we'll Ward. talk to you soon. 
All right, Ward and Eric, thank you very much, and I look forward to it. Wow. So, so here, despite our best efforts, we are going to have to do two part. I know. But look, we, we already we we already are going to at some point do a second parter with Calbert, right? Yeah, and this one we so kind of have not... to do cuz we're recording it today and we don't have any in the game. <laughs> it's true. So we're, we we're, have to put this our out. Our backs really against the wall, but I think this is great because it was one, over 2 hours. It it was look, it's we're not shortchanging our listeners here on content for the week and and who knew that we were going to get so much great stuff before he even got the Bloomington I know. What a font of Indiana history and tradition. What we was got. that word? Font. I don't know that word. It's like fountain. Oh, is it short for is it fountain short? I think they're related. Should it be fount? I don't believe is so. Is it spelled F A U N T? That's how it is in my mind. Oh, okay. I've never heard that word. That's yeah, good. A, a font of knowledge. I like that. Okay. Um a reservoir of knowledge. Oh, sure, yes. Font but, is better. But I feel like the font, like a fountain, it sort of spews. Yeah, no, you're smart. Like, that's a good word. <laughs> well, that's I, good vocab. I, I have a vocab builder on my phone. <laughs> I haven't used it much lately. But. Um, we're going to find out that it's not a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actual smart people are going to tweet at us that... Speaking of actual smart people, I, I have to correct a mistake that I made that's egregious. I think I said that it was uh, Dr. Charles Naismith was the inventor of basketball. Did you? I think. We'll have to go back and listen. I'll, I'll check It's that. obviously Dr. James Naismith. I apologize for that. Uh, and it was William uh, Murphy, uh, Indiana historian, who's on Twitter, who just is a font of knowledge. Yes, When yes. it comes to Indiana basketball history, helped us prepare for the uh, Steve Downing um, interview, and he gave me that story about McCracken meeting Naismith's son. So I wanted to give him credit for that. That is cool. Yeah, it's a very cool story. Um, I mean, inc- this he, was incredible. He met Everett Dean. Everett yeah. Dean was hanging around. No, it's like, I mean, really, you go from Everett Dean to Branch McCracken, connected to Steve Green, connected to the Van Arsdales, connected to Steve Downing, connected to Quinn Buckner, Bob Knight. I mean, it's like... And and now he's in business with Brian, Brian Evans. Brian Evans, right. And they're going to show up at the bird on November 16th. <laughs> It's all, and that's the entire history yeah, yeah. of one man, of IU basketball in one man. I also just love his honesty about the recruiting. Like, yeah, like the offense is important. What's my role in the team? That's great. What are the girls like? And can I get a car? Well, and that he was just milking the whole process. Like, yes. we want to rag on these kids for their Instagram and where they're going to take their talents. But at the end of the day, the tools have changed slightly. The technology is advanced. But the mentality of a 17-year-old boy being recruited is the same. Fair enough. Well said. If if Greeno could have done a press conference on ESPN Plus in the middle of a <laughs> high school all-star game to announce his school of choice, he would have done it. He would have loved it. Loved it too. <laughs> All right. So uh, follow us on Hoosier Hyster- at Hoosier Hysterics. Uh, no vowels and hysterics on Twitter. Email us at Hoosier Hysterics at gmail.com. The event is coming up in just uh, 19 days, I think we're at. Um, we have confirmed most recently that Tom Coverdale and Colin Hartman will be there. Lance Stemler will be there. Tyra Buss will be there. I think it sounds like Steve Green will be there. I feel like the police are going to need to be there. It's going to get wild. (laughs) Yeah, and he's talking about uh, law enforcement, not Sting's uh, former music group. Hey, man, uh, why don't you tweet at him? (laughs) No, we've got Clayton Anderson providing the music. Sure. This is all really exciting. Uh, We will do the 74-75 season and 
Steve's. Which I kind of love that. Yeah, yeah, it's just its, its if, own thing. If we are talking about the greatest basketball team of all time. It deserves its own thing. And yes. let's also not forget, and when I did a little research on this, I did not know this. Steve Green was the leading scorer on the 73-74 team and the 74-75 team. That is a team that went undefeated in the regular season that had Scott May, Quinn Buckner, Bobby Wilkerson, Ken Benson on it. Steve Green is the leading scorer. I think that his success, partly because he wasn't on the 75-76 yeah, team. Yeah, that must be it's it. Got, but he was but, the leading scorer. But, but that's why people say the 74-75 exactly right. team was better, because of him and last. That You are exactly right. That is it. That is exactly right. You had the super sub who graced the cover of Sports Illustrated as the first Indiana player ever to grace the cover. And you have this other guy averaging almost 17 a game. And shooting, by the way, in the 74-75 year coming up, almost 60% from the field. He led the That's team. That's better than our team shoots free throws now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, Indiana's playing an exhibition game tonight. So enjoy. We will uh, hopefully, uh, we'll, when we talk to... Greeno for the next one, we'll have a little bit to talk about with that game. Great. So a lot to talk about. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, check us out for part two next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang on all the banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.